Welcome again to the Thoughts Inc. podcast, featuring discussion of news, politics, culture, and more between the minds of Josh Mader, Eli Jones, and Paul Schotting. You can listen to us on SoundCloud at Thoughts Inc., where all the episodes are available. Our podcast is available for download on iTunes. All you got to do is subscribe, just search Thoughts Inc., and you can like us on Facebook at Thoughts Inc., and our Twitter handle is at Thoughts Inc. WDSR. Thank you for listening. Remember to tune in every Tuesday at 6. Dare to know. I want to open up and see, talk about like any interesting stories that we found. Okay. Is there anything that you found that was particularly interesting over the... Just some quick hits, quick stories. Quick hits, over quick spring break stories. over the past two weeks, maybe. I saw, um, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen Curry, um, mm. like officially endorsed, for lack of a better word, uh, James Harden for MVP. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, actually. I, hmm. Well, he went with the record argument, right? Yeah. Yes. And see, the, the M, this MVP thing is probably has there ever been a co MVP? I feel like there. It's probably come close, right? I'll, I can look that up but, real quick. Yeah, I mean, Harden's having a phenomenal year, but Russell Westbrook is breaking records, and he's doing something that we haven't seen since Oscar. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to say. It, it really is, and I, it sucks for whoever has to make that pick mm-hmm. because you can't, you really can't go wrong with either one. I don't think. Mm. And then the analytics geeks are loving up Kawhi because he's the most efficient player we have we've ever seen. Yeah, but um, Kawhi, Kawhi's not going to get it though. No, no, and I, and I don't think he should. That's not it's not a dig at him either. It's just no, absolutely not. It's just uh, he he he's in the he's on the Spurs. I mean, he's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine. I'm not saying you can't. I mean, Tim Duncan won it twice, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, you know. If you're in a in a perfect system, how how often are you really gonna yeah. stand out? Yeah, and especially just the way Pop coaches. Like I'm surprised yeah. Timmy won that that many. Yeah, seriously, it's it's surprising. Now LeBron, I've I've heard people make the case for him, and that's an interesting one. Well, by, by definition, yeah, like we said before, and a lot of other people have said, by definition, he should get it every year. Every year, which you know, if someone gets it every year, that's not. And, and and that also would again negate the, the things that Russell Westbrook and yeah. James Harden are doing. I, I still I, I will hold. I, I honestly feel like if if Russell was on, if they swap places, mm-hmm. how do you think the teams would perform? I think Houston would be in in a similar position. I think they'd be maybe in a, maybe a few less losses or a few more losses. I think maybe I think Russell's way more um, or way less like. Skill set wise, a fit for the system. I think Harden's hmm. about as good of a fit as you can Pat, get. Because I think okay, I agree with that actually. Because Harden is a more gifted passer, and his efficiency in the pick and rolls is, is statistically it's probably best in the league. Yeah, he's very he's very good in, in pick and roll situations. It's like so uh, that's fair. Yeah, I, the the way Russell passes the ball, I think it's just so forceful and hard that yeah. like the and, and that might translate differently into the system because he might just have run it a different way than James Harden does. 
yeah. but Harden seems, you know, how he's like slick and like slides. Yeah. Everywhere. It just seems to it's work. More, in it's more methodical, whereas Russell Westbrook is more like a shock and awe. Like he's just going right. to drive by three people and then get an open dunk or an open shot. Although in a system where you're supposed to like get the ball off and get a shot off or a pass off really quick, that might also really, mm-hmm. really uh, cater to his skill set considering he's one of the fastest people we've probably ever seen play basketball. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was the main story that I've seen recently that interested me. Politically speaking, it's been a lot of the same old, same old. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I haven't been, over spring break the past two weeks, I haven't been in the political loop at all. Although, one thing that really caught my eye, I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. um, the, what is it? I don't know what the, but the U.S., Soccer, they're forcing oh, yes, participants yeah. to stand for the national anthem. I thought that was kind of interesting. That that is an interesting, uh, an interesting event. I did see that. I did. I did remember. Mm-hmm. I think you shared that article I, with yeah. us. I wasn't sure if I did or not. Um, I did see that. How, how are you feeling on that? I don't know. I don't like people being forced to do anything. That's true. That's uh, that makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I get it. It's it's right. uniform policy. Like yeah. I, I understand it, but. The fact that you have to say that, that you even have to say something like that, looks bad. It does. Um, but I understand it. I, I do understand it. Uh, I, the, the thing with me is it's like, you did sign up for like the national team. It right. is, it's a it's a very it's a bad look. It's a privilege to even be there, too. Right, and it's a very, very bad look to be representing your country. And, then, and that way. You know, and I'm not one of the people that gets super up on the, like, respect the flag, respect the anthem kind of things. But at mm. the same time, yeah, you, you ought to do. I think that's just... You know your due diligence, right. and then on that on that same line, I saw that Kaepernick came out and said that he wouldn't continue protesting. I did. Which is he? He's not on a team right now, is he? He's is a free he, agent. He is a free he's agent. He's currently open for, so that's for being a, signed. That's probably a PR move. I. That's what a lot of people have pretty much been saying. Is, all that, the, I, is that it? I haven't looked into it at all. I just saw he said that. I saw Bobby yeah. Jones was tweeting it about it because he was getting. He's been, Colin's been getting backlash for backing off of his principles and whatnot, but yeah. it's probably a PR move. People have been mad at him. Well, I mean, besides the original, uh, <laughs> the original not standing for the anthem, yeah. um, since he said he didn't vote because he didn't pay yeah. attention. That I mean, I, I was pretty annoyed with that. Yeah, I will give him this. He has done the million dollar donations that he said he was going to do, so he's been yeah, keeping well, up with that. Who is that to again? Uh, he's done it to a couple different organizations, um, like. I, they're they're generally just community betterment organizations, from my mm. understanding. Um, and he also donated his his big sneaker collection, which if you've ever followed him on social media, he has like a huge sneaker collection. Oh, really? So he donated those. So I mean, like, I will give him that. He is to a certain extent. I think someone should probably mentor him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but he has been putting his money where his mouth is for for mm. a good portion. So I mean, I, I'll give him that. But at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I I am curious to see where he ends up because I I don't know many teams that are gonna you know fool with him. No, probably no. Um, and along those lines, let's just talk on Johnny Manziel. Briefly. Oh yeah, yes. Because uh, we talked about this for a little. Yeah, Johnny Manziel's been on the up and up. Yes, he, he he just got recently engaged, I guess, and I oh. don't know. Yeah. yeah. So whenever we were talking about him over break, just yeah. texting back and forth, he um that's how. It was funny because Paul shared that tweet that he admitted he was being a douchebag and whatnot. Yeah. And um, But no, he recently got engaged, and I don't know what his rehab thing is like. I don't think he successfully made it through. Didn't was Were there two stints where he was in and then he dropped out? Hmm. I don't know how that went. But, I I'm mean, not sure. if he's in, if he's engaged, like, I think things are looking up for him. I, heard, I hear he's 
he has some interest going for him in the mm. free agent market. So I, I hope uh, the best for him. I, th- I still think he's um, he should be someone should take a chance and see if he can make a name for himself in the league. I, I hope he does. I don't know if you watched those highlights that I did send you. I did. Over the, uh, he's, I did. He is an incredible talent. Uh, mm-hmm. I will give him that. I think he really is going to have to alter his play style if he wants to go pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because he's not as fast as uh, and he's not as built. It just he just be he's he's basically a smaller RG three. That's how I think of him. Uh, and the fact that he's what is he? He's like five ten. He's five five ten five eleven. Like and he's one, not stocky. One ninety. Like yeah, no, he's like not. He's not as strong as Russell Wilson is. And um, he always has said he's modeled his play style after like Michael Vick and Brett Favre, which those are not two fundamentally sound players. No. For the record, at the quarterback, they're both great. Yeah, but um, you know, Favre even more. Favre, Favre made consistently very poor choices with the football. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and was notoriously not good at like listening to coaches. Mm-hmm. And man, and Vic is obviously. I mean, he's a lot faster than Manziel. So I mean, yeah, the 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 looking to run first is probably not a good look for him. And mm-hmm. the other thing about Vic is. He only played like a full sixteen game season like once in his career. Like oh, really? he was, was he was consistently getting banged up. Like mm-hmm. that takes a toll on you. Um but that being said, I I do like Manziel. I love I I hated him at first because he is annoying. I will give I'll give people that. He is not easily likable, but he's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's truly in, like in terms of just being elusive, he's just fun to watch to play. Mm-hmm. Um I hope he gets it around. I'd like to see someone sign him. Yeah. If if the Cowboys would do it, I think that would be uh, that would not be good. I'm not going to no. say, but that would be classic Jerry Jones, and that would sell yeah. jerseys. Uh-huh. And I think at the end of the day, that's what Jerry Jones wants to do is he wants to sell tickets and sell jerseys and make, and, make your team relevant. And, and I and I don't think they'd uh, yeah he just likes to be in the headlines. I don't think they'd bench Dak Prescott. They better not bench no, Dak that's, Prescott. Well, well, they got rid of Romo. They did. Well, they're looking to ship him. I think. I think they cut him. Did they cut him? I'm pretty sure they cut him. I didn't him. think they did already. Uh, because I thought the, the decision for Roma was, should I retire and just go into TV? They might wait till May 9th to cut him. Oh, so it's not official. Not official yet. They're but talking about Everyone's pretty pretty sure they're getting rid of him. Okay. Well, um, that's a good sign for Dak, because that's not yeah. that's not ideal for them. <laughs> um, what I am worried about is he might hit a bit of a wall next year, and then people are going to be questioning whether or yeah. not he should be the quarterback. That being yeah. said, he just said multiple records and one offensive rookie of the year mm-hmm. um, and with that line in Ezekiel Elliott I'm not sure it's going to be that big of a problem but no. they're not they're going to continue to not ask him to do too much mm-hmm. but I mean again he still threw like 20 some touchdowns and four picks in the whole season I mean he had a good year yeah. I'm biased I just don't I just don't like the Cowboys <laughs> I I usually don't but mm-hmm. um I I've liked Dak Prescott since college so I've, I've I feel like they're in the middle of a changing of the guard too Pro- that they're going to change their identity a little bit. and They just play such... Uh, I mean, last year, they just played such good team football. It was hard not to, like, enjoy watching them play because, like, you rarely see teams execute on such a good level. Mm. Like, it was obviously not New England status because they didn't win the Super Bowl. But, mm. I mean, like, on both sides of the ball, like, it was just so balanced. It, it, it looked like college ball in a way. They ran the ball so much instead yeah. of throwing it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's that's just what I like to see. It's why I like the Seahawks a couple of years back. And I still mm-hmm. like them because I like Russell Wilson too. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. Fair. And then, oh, there's that whole controversy with uh, Russell Wilson and, and Sierra and their that picture. <sighs> the I don't understand I, why don't people were mad. Um, it's just a family photo. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, 
They act like they're the only people that do nude family photos. Like, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, so I, I saw the initial, the only backlash that I saw on social media was from that Hotep guy. Okay. That, from the Hotep Nation. Yeah. Which, they're, um, yeah, they're interesting. They're, they're something. Yeah. How did you find them in the first place? I, someone, okay, so maybe we should give a rundown of Hotep yeah. Nation. So, so, so for those of you who aren't aware, Hotep is, um, the a, word means peace. The word means peace. So there's peace a lot of uh, in Egyptian. Um, it's it's an Afrocentric esque movement. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to call it Afrocentrism because to equate the two would be not completely fair to either one. Um, it's very much focused on economic and social self sustainability. Yeah, uh, a rebuilding of the black family unit. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of other things, in, in essence, to be left alone and to raise yourselves up without the need of government help. Yeah. Um, so they have their own slurs for um, African Americans who who buy into stuff like Beyonce and who yeah. think so, like stuff like that. Who think that Beyonce is their savior? The people who I don't know how to put this. They're, they're, they basically think that they're that they're being mistreated. They have like a slur for that. Yeah. They, they're, so they view themselves as being above. They're very anti-mainstream. Yes, that's very, a good. That's, that's a very simple way to put it. Anti-commercialism. It's very, very fringe. They have a weird thing with the alt right, I guess. Yeah, um, they're like. Well, th- their principles are kind of the same in a way. So if, if the it's, if black power meets the alt right in a, and I don't want to simplify it because I'm not completely versed in the. I've read enough of it. Um, yeah. I can tell you, I'm not completely with it. No. Um. I, I think there are valid points to be made, but yes. you could, uh, but also to to agree with that would to be ignored that other people that don't have their horrid abhorrent points. Yeah, <laughs> hey, um, it's very much like kind of um, it, it's kind of they, they kind of reject that racism is a thing. Kind of they kind of raise above it to an extent. It's yeah, it's it's very. It's it's an you can find them online. They're pretty easy to find. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go looking for them, regardless. So I'm trying to remember because I don't really. Part of the issue was they thought that the picture diminished the the value of the father. Aha! This is what it was, and they, they that the the picture of just Sierra and the arms of the two kids yeah. and Russell was. It was diminishing the role of the father in in, chi- in their child's lives. Mm-hmm. And that this was a direct result of why there's... Uh, apparently, this is quoting them now. Yes. That oh, the African-American... Right. That gay African-Americans are the highest homosexual rate yeah, of any population. They, they have the highest that, gay rate. Yeah. I don't... Which, that is absurd that's to a, stay without, without even... I mean, no statistics, no sources at all, just an outright claim. That's very... That's harmful. And that's 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 horrible. I It was... It's weird to me. Um, and by the way, in general, uh, the movements I've seen, from, my, from what I've read, it's been pretty much widespread, criticized as a, a bit misogynistic and yeah. kind of homophobic. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's where I think, like, the, the, some of the principles I do, I do like, like the self sufficiency and whatnot. Yeah. But to completely, like you said before, to completely align yourself with a movement like that, with an identity yeah. like that, that's that's fundamentally no. um, wrong. Um. So, yeah, they said they have the highest gay rate. I don't know who even does those studies. I don't think that's a thing. Uh. Uh-uh. Um. At the same time, you can't just 
simplify it to say, well, a lack of father figure. I mean, that's that's a problem in a community. Yeah. If there's a lot of people born out of wedlock, mm-hmm. but that means a you're assuming everyone's father that isn't married to the mother is leaving, which again is relatively common. I'm mm-hmm. not even gonna, you know yeah. you can't say it's not. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're omitting a bunch of other variables, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, and a bunch is being like. Generous. Yeah, I was like, I just t- to assume that that can even create homosexual that doesn't it doesn't make sense to Mm -hmm. say that furthermore um i saw a lot of people mad because baby baby future who's sierra's child yeah not (laughs) russell's was naked in the in the photograph and russell's there and people are like he shouldn't be around that kid since the kid's naked and it's not his and i'm like that's his stepfather (laughs) yeah it's a baby i'm sure he's changed his clothes or diapers before right people people act like you can't it it, it's all very it's a lot it's even just for me getting involved in the personal lives of celebrities it's just like come on yeah chill People got mad uh, when they said they were going to be abstinent before marriage. Yeah, I remember that. And I was just like, "That not that his choice? That's his belief. He's never been shy about being like a pretty... And if, if anything, I thought that was kind of bold to say on, here on a celebrity level, yeah. like to even admit that. Like, I was like, he's been a pretty outspoken, yeah, outspoken Christian person. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know why people are even really surprised. Yeah. And that, kind of going off of that, Russell Wilson, to me is probably one of my favorite players in the NFL. And I'm not a big football guy. Right. It's probably one of my least favorite sports. But the, the fact... I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes into this category, too. Mm. The fact that they stay true to themselves despite mm. having, uh, like, levels of fame like that, mm. that's why I think um, those two are, are one of my... They're some of my favorite players. I, I do. I, I give him credit for that. I do love Russell Wilson. He's probably my favorite player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's just... I mean, he's, he's not only fun to watch. He's, he's an excellent quarterback. Um, but yeah, like you said, he stays true to himself. He's never mm-hmm. really compromised his beliefs or his personality, even though there's been ridiculous accusations. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, someone said some of the Seahawks players felt he wasn't quote black enough to, to be the quarterback. I remember the hearing that there was, they, they weren't respect. There was concern about the respectability that he had in yeah. the locker room. That was around when uh, Percy Harvin left the team and. I remember how well, he... Percy Harvin's kind of a wild card, isn't he? Yeah. Hasn't he had issues in the past he's, in terms of locker room stuff? There are a couple people in the Seattle locker room that are kind of... Eh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dangerous powder keg of emotions Oh, no, in he there. didn't have problems with Marshawn, did he? No, no. Okay. I mean, like... <laughs> and that was the thing, is that Marshawn was pretty much a big part of, like, why the team sort of... I mean, he, he was just a cool head in general for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, he he just seemed to like always be in control. He never mm. really seemed to be, and, and I think that's what's cool about Marshawn Lynch. That's that's why he was always one of my favorites to watch. Is that he was always just in control, uh-huh. and that's why I didn't like the media because he knew they were trying to get him to do something he'd regret, and he just wasn't yeah. with it. And I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know that that reminds me of so over the um, over the break, I started listening to uh, the Channing Fry and. Uh, Richard Jefferson's podcast. Oh, I and didn't know they is, had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they they do it on road trips. It's called the road trip with Channing and RJ. I think something like that mm-hmm. along those lines. So anyway, they had they had uh, LeBron on the, the episode <laughs> that I listened on, and Kyrie stepped in, and that was briefly after the. Uh oh, did we crash? Uh-oh. Looks like it. Oh, just fixing our Facebook live stream. <laughs> As always, because something something always has to go yeah, go amiss. Exactly. Um. 
Anyway, what was I saying? Channing Fry. Channing Fry and Channing Fry and LeBron. Yeah. So so I didn't realize this, but LeBron started that uninterrupted. Huh. The uh, the social media platform. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were aware of that. And basically, his whole gig was. He was tired of his words being misconstrued and right. by the media and, and whatnot. So he thought that basically like the Players' Tribune where you can write your own stories. Right. He wanted to uh, provide a platform where, you know, it was just like a video log mm-hmm. of, uh, of um, athletes' thoughts. So, you know, we, I saw LeBron on there. I think uh, JR does it a lot. J, <laughs> that's what JR is on. And um, who, uh, Tony Allen. Tony Allen does it as well. Huh. So, um, actually, I think I've heard about Tony Allen's for some reason. Yeah, I don't so, know why, but I, I do remember hearing about his. Yeah, it's interesting that only a certain uh, number of people use it as of now, but it's it's yeah, it's a platform. So I just think that yeah, I mean the media they want to get their clicks and stuff, but um, it's it's dangerous for for players in terms of how they have to they have to they're forced to watch their words and watch what they say. Exactly, and yet things still get misconstrued. So always. Well, that was pretty much weekend recap, right? Yeah. Or you said you you saw some you saw a couple films over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is what I I really wanted to get into. Okay. So um, yeah, uh, I saw Get Out mm-hmm. and Moonlight. Okay. Moonlight before Get Out. Okay. So Moonlight was uh, it was kind of difficult for me to be honest. Because okay. as, uh, and I'll admit this, as a white, straight male, I've been pretty much, I've been able to watch whatever movie I've wanted and right. related to it. Yeah. And um, that's not to say I've, I've watched films with, like, Get Out, I didn't have this problem. Okay. Because, I don't know, I think Moonlight was such a raw perspective Yeah. that, you know, I, I'm not homosexual. I'm not African American. Yeah. And I've had a male leader in my life. I've had I've, you know, I've grown up with a father. Yeah. I don't have parents who are druggies and who are addicted to drugs. Mm. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, robbed by my mother because she needs money to support her her withdrawal systems. Wow. But um yeah, it's like I really had, like, I was, I made it 30 minutes in, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I just wasn't able to, uh, to really get into it. Hmm. Are we good? Okay. Good. Facebook Live is up again. <laughs> had a minor little setback there. There we go. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, to the Facebook guys, we were just, ta- I was just talking about Moonlight, and how I wasn't, it, it was really hard for me to, and this is going to get into my empathy spiel. Okay. It was really hard for me to empathize with the perspective that was there because I literally could not relate to it on any level. I mean, maybe the the, the thing of identity seeking, the theme of identity seeking that was present. It's a big, it's a big uh, theme in it, but I really struggled to relate to it on the homosexual, the race, any of that. So I literally had to pause it because I I couldn't get into it. I I could tell that I wasn't emotionally invested. So I, I had to restart it. And instead of empathizing with it, I had to show compassion for it and just accept it for what it was. Yeah. And what, the ex- what his experience was telling me hmm. and I loved it I mean the film in itself was amazing yeah but and the the uh, the morals that it conveys 
was was very important. It looks beautifully shot. Like the cinematography is. is gorgeous. And, and I shared uh, the the um, the soundtrack online. The soundtrack is absolutely beautiful mm. as well. They did a, a beautiful job um, doing that. It's just it's a terrific film. Uh, I highly recommend anyone and anyone and everyone to go watch it because um, mm. you're going to learn a lot and you will learn some things about yourself, whether it's about identity seeking or just about a whole new perspective that you may not have been mm. open to. Interesting. So any, any thoughts on that, Eli? I, I don't know. I, you need to, you know, I almost saw it uh, the last day I was in town, but mm. um it, it, it's on pay-per-view now because it's been out so long. Oh, is it? Yeah. It, it, did you get it on? Did you go to a theater to see it? No, I saw it on on demand. Okay, yeah. Um, they're not paper. That's what I meant. On demand. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you, got, you guys knew what I meant. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I almost bought it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone in my my house, it, a it was late. It was late on the last day I was going to be home, and uh, everyone was going to sleep. I didn't really want to watch it alone, so yeah. like I I ended up uh, skipping that. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, I, I have been really meaning to go see it, yeah. but at the same time, um, you know, I appreciate that perspective. I'm going to be looking forward to getting into that soon. Yeah, so, and then this kind of goes in, in terms of, um, let's just jump to, to Get Out then. Yeah. So, yeah. Get Out was, I don't know what your thoughts were, like, during the movie, like, wh- how, what your feelings were, because I found myself getting extremely angry because of how accurate it was. Like, the way that they portrayed the white people was, so, I thought, mm-hmm. was so accurate that I I could feel myself getting angry for him. I, I wasn't mad. I, again, that's that's a situation I'm relatively, you know, used to mm-hmm. experience. And that's um, something that I wasn't aware of. And yeah. it was kind of shocking. No, it's... But I knew it was out there, but to hear it, like, to be faced with it from... Right. Because you, you're forced to assume his perspective. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, it, it it goes to show how much certain representation of um, characters goes. Because some people think it doesn't matter mm. um, when you're forced, like when when the main character is a, of a certain group, you're forced to confront <laughs> realities yeah. of their life. Uh-huh. Um, and you're gonna, and obviously you're not gonna try to dispute it. You're seeing it in the film. Yeah. Um, it's it's certainly something. I wasn't mad. I, me and my my fiance, um, who is mm. white, mm. we we were laughing just because it was just like funny, yeah, funny quirks that like you know mm. not because anyone's not, obviously her family's not like what happens in the yeah, movie, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like it's just quirks and just like differences, um, where it's just like people are just like eh, um, there's just differences, and mm. and the movie does a good job of portraying those in a generally funny way. Yeah. Um, but also captures the serious undertones and the and the fears and the concerns mm-hmm. of someone, you know, having to deal with someone they don't necessarily understand all the way. Right. Um, it's it's a good movie in um, in that regards. I know a lot. It, it has made a lot of um, people uncomfortable, like mm. severely uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, no, it's it's actually um from a good amount of like um just general audiences that go and see it, they they've been made on it, they feel like it's pandering more towards the all the white people are racist idea. Um which if you take it at face value, it mm-hmm. it, it kind of it kind of fall, it falls in that direction. But I I think what How much of that is like you you have to I I firmly believe in in order to make a point crystal clear and mm-hmm. well known you have to over exaggerate 
I don't yeah. feel like you can be subtle about something like that. If you're trying to send a general message, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't think I, I think if you look at it as more of like a metaphorical thing. Yeah. Um, but you know. It, and that's it, what I've heard from people who haven't liked it. It's it, they didn't like it as a horror movie. They didn't think it was scary. They thought it was cheesy. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't watch it like that. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I literally saw it as one giant metaphor. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. I didn't really go in expecting. I mean, I, I kind of did because uh, I had to get dragged to it because my fiance <laughs> again just loves scary movies. I didn't. I don't really like them at all. I hate them actually. Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, but. I went in expecting something a little different, but it ended up being more more of a thriller. I think mm. was a more accurate way to describe it than a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I again, I loved it, uh, but yeah, I did. I did notice a, a good amount of people have either said it was bad because they weren't looking for the messages in the movie mm. and they just wanted a horror movie, or yeah. it, it has made people uncomfortable in that regard. And so it's just like it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me feel like they they're looking at me this way, mm-hmm. which in a weird way is almost like a flipping of the general um, depictions of people in film because mm-hmm. that's a, that's a problem a lot of minority groups often express is I'm always this in a movie mm-hmm. and it makes me feel like mm-hmm. and, and and people think media doesn't affect people's like yeah. subconscious like that but it does yeah yeah that's um I'm really interested to to see what Jordan Peele does next. He says he's got a whole slate of horror movies, so I don't yeah. know if they're all going to be of this nature or... It sounds like they are. It sounds like it's been on his mind, and if... I think... I don't know. I, 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 give him, I give him credit. He has a brilliant mind. He just uh, capped off $100 million last weekend. Did he really? Yeah. Yep. Good for him. First black filmmaker to make $100 million with his film debut. Really? Yeah. Or writer-director, rather, yeah. but still. Wow. Good good for him. Yeah. No, it's, it's quite an accomplishment. That is. Um... So, do you want to go into the, the discussion that we had the other the other day? Because it seems to, to blend. Yeah, sure. Because I thought that was that was really good. Um, so not the Star Wars one. <laughs> we can get no. to that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, we can't do that without Paul. Though. That's true. I was going to say we well, whatever we Paul's back, we'll we'll get to that. Um, so I've been having a moral conflict. Okay. With empathy as of late. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's recently just come to a head within the recent weeks, actually, but I always had, when I was, when I was younger, you know, you're talking with people, Mm -hmm. I always kind of had an issue with like, if you were really trying to say something, I really had an issue with someone saying, yeah, I know what you're feeling. Like I've done the same thing, something like that. I don't know. Does that, I, I don't know if that's a personal thing of mine. Does that bother you as much? If you're coming to someone with an experience that you just want to get off your chest, mm-hmm. and they take it from you, they take your experience and they make it about themselves. And oh yeah, well that, that's I think I think yeah. that's two different things to me. Okay. Um, I, I think it comes. It depends on the person it's coming from. Yeah. In, in general, like I know I see what you're saying. Where it's like, oh yeah, I've been there. I did da 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 da. Yeah, like, yeah. Then it's becoming about you. Yeah. If you're like, I understand how hard that I kind of understand how hard this is because I've been through a, a similar or like identical experience mm-hmm. and like do you want to talk about it yeah like i think that's a that you know those, i think those are two different things yeah. to me yeah that's fair so like I, I don't know so what i've come across is um uh, i've been studying gandhi this semester okay 
And so one of the things that really rubbed me the wrong way about him, and, and I mean, he's a great guy, and he did a lot of great work mm. for his people of India, but so his he had a son, Haralil, or I don't know, I could be butchering his name. Uh, I don't know uh, how, <laughs> do you know anything about Gandhi? I'm not, you know, uh, truth be told, I'm not super well-versed. I know more about the influences to Gandhi yeah. and Gandhi's influences rather right. than, than so, anything about the man himself. So just his personal life-wise, he had a son right. that converted, that he... So basically, he, he and he is. This is a direct quote from his autobiography. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to paraphrase. It's not a direct quote, but he basically said that he didn't. He viewed all of India as his family, and he didn't have any. Huh. Fam- like he didn't. Pr- he didn't. Yeah. He didn't put his family above the people of India. Everyone was on the same playing field. So that because seems, of that, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Go on. So basically, his 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 sons and his wife, like, didn't get. That he wasn't like the father or the husband that he would have been in a traditional family. Naturally. So this his Haralil, I think her, I'm probably butchering his name, but this <laughs> this particular son converted from Hinduism and went to to become a Muslim and died in his early 20s on the okay. side of the road. He just died in poverty oh. because he had a lack of a, of a father figure. So this sort of empathy, I think, is 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 dangerous. The the, the belief that we should care for everyone on the same level as our family and show the same amount of care for everyone that we come in contact with. I think that's a that's a problematic claim. I think I think it's hard. Um I think when the kind of work that Gandhi is um is doing mm-hmm. um when you get into things of that nature, your family is gonna suffer. It's like a um, utilitarian perspective. Suffering of the few for the good of the many. It, which in in a really weird way, yeah. Uh, I mean, you read about Martin Luther King Jr. and I mean his. Mm. Fa- I mean, he wasn't there for. I mean, he's always on the. You're you're always going to be on the road when when mm. you're trying to affect change, yeah. especially as change as big as Gandhi and Martin Luther King yeah. are trying to affect. And obviously, your your kids are going to suffer. I mean, their house got bombed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he. I mean, it's a pretty well known fact. Martin Luther King had mm. infidelity issues from time to time. Yeah, because he's on again. He's on the road so much. Um, that's not to excuse him. I'm just, you know, no, that no, it ha- it happened because he was on the road. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying, um, or that made it easier to occur, rather. Mm-hmm. At, at, but at the same time, like I, I think most people would say, Martin Luther King Jr. did incredible things for the country, right. um, and 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 obviously his family suffered greatly because of it, mm-hmm. and eventually he got killed because of it, just like Gandhi right. and his family right. suffered because of it. Um, so so. so is it fair that should uh, is that a normal perspective to have, or should one person just basically sacrifice their family for that? I don't think it's normal to have, but I think that's also what makes both the people and their families so extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I mean, if you if you talk to anyone that you know studies and like enjoys learning about the civil rights you, uh, um, movement, ask them about like Coretta Scott King or Betty Shabazz. I mean, people have the utmost profound respect for those two. Mm-hmm. And you should. I mean, they they kind of obviously supported their two husbands and also, you know, raised the kids while mm-hmm. while their husbands were out on the road, you know, doing these things, giving speeches. And they were there both when they uh when their husbands got killed and, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's um it's it's really I, I don't know if I'm going to say it was good, but I'm grateful to the people that are willing to do it. Yeah. Um it's it's incredible. There was a movie or a book. I can't. It might have been both. It was called Betty and Coretta about both of um, mm. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King's wives. Mm. And I've been meaning to catch it because it looked extremely interesting. Mm. 
because mm. uh, it's it's a perspective I think people oftentimes forget when you know you go off and you you care about you know the people in general mm-hmm. um and and it, it it's sad it's not it's obviously not good for the family but no. again it's it's a weird thing to like mm-hmm. sort of delve into but I, I just don't think in terms of like an ordinary citizen mm-hmm. like your average citizen oh right who thinks that they should sh- that they should care for everyone equally I, I just th- I feel like it's it's kind of an illusion I don't think you really can I don't think people do I think they like to tell themselves they do um, in all honesty well that's the other argument is that the whole thing of em- of of being empathetic is it, there's some self interest. There, I mean, I think there generally is. Yeah. Um, with with a lot of things, people like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you like to. Pa- I mean, you like to do things for other people because it feels good to do it because exactly. you feel like you're doing a good yeah. thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's interesting to think about because it, it makes you question who's legitimate and who's not. Yeah. Because I've, I I mean I've done nice things because I like to help people, but. Mm. You've seen this trend online where people, anytime they give a homeless person money or food, they it gotta, has to be videotaped. Yeah, you gotta get it on video and post it. And I've, me and my fiance does it more than me. Um, she's always giving money and food to the homeless. Um, like, if she can afford it, she generally is going to do mm-hmm. it. And, I mean, she's never taken a picture, she's never videotaped it. I just think that's think the most absurd. obnoxious thing in the world, honestly. It is. Um, because it's, at, at the end of the day, it's like, who is this for? Are you helping yourself or are you helping this person? Yeah, exactly. I I agree. Like you're cashing in that ten dollars for social media likes and empathy, and that goes with anything like mm-hmm. helping, like handicapped or old people or like it, there's there's a lot of different scenarios where people. It's just like charities nowadays. So people say that you like if you donate to a charity, like I don't know, you're supposed to feel good about that. But there are some corrupt charities out there. Yeah, I, I was know. just reading today that Make a Wish. Yeah. Make-A-Wish spends 99% of their their funds for fundraising. Yeah. Which is like, wait, what? It's I've I've heard of a couple different charities where they're like, yeah, it's Don't don't do this, don't do this, da 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 da, da. and it's mm-hmm. it's something. It's really something. But again, who do you why do you donate to charities? Yeah. Cuz you don't want to look like a jerk and I I did it today. I was at Petco. They're like, "Do you want to help raise money for homeless animals?" I'm like, "Generally, I don't care." Yeah, um, and it's it's just kind of it's kind of sketchy because they're asking for your money for yeah. a cause that you can't see, right? Like, well, not not the cause maybe, but like, where exactly is my money going and how yeah. is it being used? And I still donate. I donated two dollars, but uh-huh. I mean, like, I'm not. But on average, you're going to catch me at the at the uh, humane society pro- volunteering. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah, but I do it because I, again, I like to do. I like to think I'm helping people mm. and animals, but at the same time. I, I don't I, I'd like to think I do it because I'd like to help people but I don't you know again the videotaping thing and like you gotta question how much of it is for yourself I guess is what I'm getting at yeah yeah I don't I don't know but in terms of so you, you mentioned that I'm just trying to think about how this would relate to modern day relationships in terms of fi- fixing the current divide that we have how would how would it fit? I don't think because I I think that empathy may or may not be hurting us. Relationships more than between what it should be helping. Let's just, just do the political divide. Political just, divide. Yeah, let's just start out there because that's 
probably the biggest the, the biggest concern that's out there right now. Well, I think politically speaking, is that um, what empathy does is uh, I see it happen more on the actually no, I see it on both sides. Yeah. And, and, and they just fake empathy towards different people. What? what? Well, yeah, that's exactly. That, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm reading in this Against Empathy book, is that both sides are as equally empathetic as the other. They're just empathetic towards different people, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. Like, yeah. one is more obnoxious than the other, but that's exactly what it is. It, yeah, so on, on the left, you see them um, be, quote, empathetic or more or less pander to minority communities, mm-hmm. um, LGBT, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I want to say women, but at the same time... I. You know, a lot of women vote right. I don't know why, but (laughs) not not like from a political stance, but just with the current candidate, I'm not sure if I was a woman, I could I could reconcile that with myself. But I'm not, so I can't speak for that. What what, what was Trump's um, turnout with African Americans? Because I thought I heard it was surprising. Truth be told, but um, I don't know. I think (sighs) I don't know the actual statistics, but I thought the turnout was bigger than what people would have suspected it, it not only was that but hillary's turnout was so much lower with the african-american community than they anticipated because mm-hmm. with barack he could get black people out to vote with hillary clinton people generally were not as sold on her and quite frankly i can't say i blame them yeah um i think that's a mistake that a lot of people make when they assume about i mean African-Americans, by and large, they will vote Democratic. That's not a question. Yeah. That's just generally how it goes. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that doesn't mean they're always going to vote. Because people seem to think that black people love Democratic politicians. And I don't remember who said it, and this is going to bother me, but black people don't like any politicians. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's, uh, that's fair. They've been used to being used in this country as pawns in, in whatever game people are trying to play. Mm-hmm. They're going to vote in their own self-interest like any group of people, mm-hmm. generally. And it just so happens that the present day, the Democrats happen to generally align more with their, um, you know, with their best interest, mm-hmm. more so than the Republicans. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that doesn't mean they're all sold on the Democratic Party. Um I I said I I mean my my dad himself will tell you in a lot of instances he might be inclined to probably vote more conservative, but the way that the party you know, the mm-hmm. parties have again pandered to people has alienated a bunch of other people, and they just are trading blocks of people that have voted for him, mm-hmm. just like the 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 deep south used to be solidly democratic all the way through, up until the sixties. Yeah, so I forget what we're talking about. But you you made the point about we were talking about empathy and yeah. sides panning so, to people. So you made so you made the point about black bodies then. Yeah. So how how do you think that we should progress from here in improving race relations? It's, this is this is going back to the the conversation that I thought was really good that we had. Yeah. In in regards to empathy specifically. Um, well, we can even sidestep that and right. bring it in later. As far as, like, the, the liberalism that people think well, is, is going to help and that's going to cure the country. That's why I think empathy plays a large role, is that... Um, so flush we, this out for me, because okay. how is liberalism failing? Liberalism fails because it assumes that, in regards to the black community, that you can, A, fix racism somehow, hmm. and B you can somehow be the savior to the black community. Um, I think that's the main problem I see with it, is mm-hmm. that 
the left wants to be the savior of the blacks who are just broken down and constantly being destroyed amongst themselves and by outside forces out of their control mm-hmm. and i mean to a large to a large extent there are problems that are you know obviously affecting this community that are unique and singular to this community mm-hmm. at the same time the left doesn't want to necessarily it seems to me that they're more concerned about quote helping the community than trying to address the problems that create the circumstances that plague the community so how much do they really want to help the community and that would be the question because is it a moral superiority thing saying that i'm better than those guys because i want to help you well there's that um there's always there will always be moral superiority fights within american politics and they will mm-hmm. always be trying to pan. You, you hear it still today. Republicans are the party of Lincoln. It's like, okay, yeah, but if mm-hmm. you read the book. Or Democrats have always cared about black people. Not true. They, they haven't always cared. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's the, 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 the most interesting thing to think is that the party of Lincoln was the party that's so seemingly adverse to mm-hmm. um, African-American interests nowadays. And that, if anything, and the party that they generally support now was the party of Woodrow Wilson an outspoken mm. Klan supporter like a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. That to me is indicative of the fact that it doesn't really matter yeah. because both parties don't have your best interests at heart. And I think that's what both parties fail to get is that they, they can put on a facade all they want. Mm. Not if, if neither one has the best interest of the community at heart. How do you vote? Like this is just like... How do you? How are you supposed to navigate the vote, political spectrum? Though? First off, vote local always. I mm-hmm. think um, is is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And again, vote for your best interest. Vote yeah. vote for people that you believe line up with your beliefs. Mm-hmm. It so happens that Democrats happen to, and while not necessarily having the community's best interest in mind, mm-hmm. might have some ideas that will help the community in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, economic opportunities, educational opportunities, these sorts of things that have, you know, more or less been deprived of certain communities, um, historically speaking, um, you know, that's that's that. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, people have been consistently voting for Democrats, black people, and things have not necessarily gotten much better. So at the same time, that tells me if the other party doesn't care and the other party's not necessarily fixing anything, mm-hmm. Somewhere down the middle, there has to be an answer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the problem in general, it. is mm-hmm. that nobody looks down the middle for anything anymore. It's, yeah. And I think, it, not even that, people are just unwilling to even look at the other side and what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. So, to I think, it seems to me like it's a radical idea, idea to say that minorities are responsible somewhat for where they are and for where they're going. Somewhat. I'm not saying wholeheartedly. I, I think the part that you got to... I, I, I'll say this. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say they are responsible for where they are. No, no but, but, but they, they can worsen the situation yeah. that they got. So they were put in a place, and right. then to a, to some extent, their mm-hmm. own you know actions have caused it to, to right. deeper, deepen. So, so I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so basically, and what I suppose is like, if we, if, if there's a kid who's in, and I, I I'm pretty sure that the, it's, it's well known that the public school systems, inner city schools, are they're they're struggling. Um, yeah, they're. It's hard to say. Inner inner city schools is is tricky uh, when when you use that term because mm-hmm. 
Um, some urban public schools, mm-hmm. depending on where you are in a city, can can thrive. Some mm-hmm. public schools do thrive because of again funding and, and teacher burnout and not overcrowded uh-huh. classrooms. Uh-huh. So, um, I re- I read a book freshman year. I was I was an education major um, freshman year. And once upon a time, again. once upon a time, and um, you know, my dad's a public school teacher. Yeah. I have a general amount of um, mm-hmm. experience with the public school system. Yeah, and I'm a product of one, so I guess there's no, that. I am too. Maybe right. I, I use that wrong. I, I was specifically talking about like inner city schools, where like right. yeah, I, basically poverty stricken areas, and, and that's the key, and that's what some people um, miss mm-hmm. is that eighty percent of your funding mm-hmm. for schools. Um, comes from the state and local level. Mm-hmm. So in cities like New York City, you can have two public schools in like neighboring districts and you can spend three times as much money on one student as you can in the next hmm. because of the local taxes hmm. being taken out in this area yeah. where the poorer schools over here wow. continually get left in the left behind. Okay. And you got 40 kids in a classroom down here as mm-hmm. opposed to 25 in a classroom up here. Right. You got holes in the roof here mm-hmm. and you got, you know, college counselors up here right and there's there's a huge disparity savage uh-huh. inequalities by jonathan kozel is an excellent read mm-hmm. um incredibly frustrating and and depressing but mm-hmm. it, it is so important that i think a lot of people you know get their hands mm-hmm. on that book so what, what i'm thinking is a kid who who busts their ass every day and these, yeah. these awful the the poverty stricken areas in schools yeah, i don't know what their turnout is for college because i'd assume they'd have to get some type of scholarship like they, it's you could probably assume that they're not going to have the resources to get to college, mm-hmm. right? So, to say, so in a sense, if, if a kid really wanted to get out of there, if they had the passion to, they have a chance to do it. But you have to acknowledge that there are there are system there is systemic racism that has them there in the first place, and I will continue to keep them out or keep them from getting out of where they want to get out from. And, and not only that, um, there's just obstacles that are going to be in the way to even yes. getting to college in the first place. Again, a big one with with being from a poor overcrowded school is that college counseling. You could have like 900 kids assigned to one counselor mm. and they just won't they not only will they not care, they just can't. They physically cannot care about yeah. all 900 of those kids that are assigned to them. Wait, what'd you say? You said college counselor. College like like a, a academic counselor, career counselor. Okay. Um, this is in high school. In high school, yeah. Okay, okay. The, the people that help you through the college application process. Because yeah. So it, it basically has to be, unless you have some fantastic, like, fantastic parents that keep your head on straight, right. you're not going to have the mentorship that you need. Yeah, and even in that, a lot of a lot of parents in these areas, I mean, if, it, if it's a heavily poverty-stricken area, a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't going to be college graduates. They're not yeah. going to be familiar with that process. Mm-hmm. So on top of all that... Your parents being just generally unfamiliar with the system exacerbates mm-hmm. the uh, the issues. So I mean, what what really it comes down to is opportunities, and, yeah. and that's where things like affirmative action come into place. Yeah. But again, people get mad about that, and that's reverse racism, and mm. that's that. So I'm not here to say that government, you know application is not does not have a place in mm-hmm. this because it does no it does absolutely it, it does but it's it's a middle ground and th- that's what i'm saying i think a few diamonds in the rough can make it out through their hard work yeah and sacrifice but like like to say diamonds in the rough like what are we let's put a number to that what do you think exactly a couple uh, 
thousand per year. Yeah, no, and and that's the problem. Is and that like... exactly. So what I thought that over time, would you think that those numbers would grow? If if someone made it through, this is assuming that someone mm-hmm. makes it through that all by themselves. They make it through college. Yeah. All the way, they get a degree and they start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then they have kids who start with a, a privilege that they never would probably yeah. thought that they would ever achieve. Yeah. So over time, I think that that would have an effect. But also, like you have to acknowledge that policy needs to be there applied. has to be some yeah, applied yeah. to 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 make those numbers bigger, to expand those numbers. And so what I'm trying to say is that there has to be from both sides, like there has to be the self sufficient part, and there has to be the policy part. And I just want to stress that, like, these, they sound like radical ideas, but it was, again, this is from my Gandhi scholarship. Yeah. Gandhi was against welfare and all this stuff. He re- he full-heartedly believed in self-sufficiency. Yeah. Which, I mean, it is kind of a radical idea, honestly, because he thought that to be, ex- like, ex- exploitation was a mindset that you could yeah. rise above. And he told African Americans that, and he told the Jews that at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, tell the, the Jews that you can rise again against the exploitation right it's a mindset in 1940s that's kind of i don't know it's, about that yeah it's a bit much yeah um the the question of that is always difficult um it's always uh it's interesting because again like like you said government dependence is never good um but at the same there has been a growing of the black middle class i mean that's undeniable it's yeah. happened over over the time at the same time, though, it would seem that the problems that consistently plagued other communities that eventually rose above the issues that they came when they first came to America, mm-hmm. they those have subsided. I, I mean, on average, it would seem that the Chinese community or the Irish community or the Italian community or the Polish community or the Jewish communities mm-hmm. in America generally do not suffer at the same rates. I'm not saying there's no poor Jewish or Irish people in the country, but it would seem that the rates at which they suffer are a lot lesser than that in the black community. And black people have been here in the country Mm -hmm. longer than all those other groups. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why is that? I don't think it's because we're less mentally capable. No. (laughs) I don't think it's because we're less, you know, driven than these other groups. Mm -mm. But to deny that there are systemic lines in the way of progressing, or there have been, mm-hmm. and still remain to to a degree to this day, that I think that's where a lot of people on on the anti you know uh-huh. progressive side yeah. um, sort of land is mm-hmm. they're just like, well, you guys had a president. It's like okay, that's great, that but that doesn't <laughs> that no. doesn't mean much to me. No. Um, it, it, it's just frustrating, and I don't know if it'll ever get better. I remember I said that to yeah. uh, to you guys earlier. I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't think it, you can fix this. It's so ingrained mm-hmm. in our national consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say every person is like a belligerent Klansman, because they're not. But mm-hmm. the the idea of, you know, white supremacy has been ingrained in in the national you know dna even worldwide world worldwide in general but but here specifically um an interesting thing i learned uh trevor noah south african comedian he he hosts the daily show yep uh when when south african government put in apartheid um this is according to him so 
I, I'm assuming he knows what he's saying. He's uh-huh. from there. Yeah. Um, they they made a commission to study racism around the world, mm-hmm. um, so they could implement apartheid the best. And one of the countries they, they studied implement it the, the yeah, best? like the best like system the they could possibly come to up like with. yeah keep keep black Africans down. One of the countries they studied was the United States. It is, it has consistently been a problem um, in the U.S. And I think as far as we've come, we're still in general second rate. But we also get called complainers about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think, the most damaging thing is that they just say, well, you're just complaining. It's like, okay, they said that about Martin Luther King. Yeah. And they said that about W.B. Du Bois. And mm-hmm. everyone ever that, that wanted something more we're being told we're complainers mm-hmm. and we're not grateful like you should be grateful that you're here like don't you love this country and it's like yes i love this country i love what it stands for mm-hmm. i love what you promised to give to everyone but me saying i want it just like everyone else is not me saying i hate the country it's that i love it enough that i want to be a part of it more i want to be yeah. a more full part of it and mm-hmm. I, I think that's where people get lost in regards... To, and, and until that understanding is shifted, there's there's no way it can be better. Because mm-hmm. it, it won't be. Yeah, I just don't... I, I just don't know how we're going to get there. And I don't think you can. <laughs> just, it's, so, it's so depressing, because like, I'm just sitting here trying to problem solve. And it's... And, and I think that's the thing, is people think it's just like... I don't think people think about it. It's so ingrained in mm-hmm. in us as a people. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like what if Paul were here, he'd be like, "Well, what's the first step?" There and there and is there, one. And like yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here with the same thought. Like, what is? I don't know. And you can say like expose people to other people's culture. I've seen it happen. It's called hip hop music. People don't like it, or people embrace it and take it as their own. Or or that. And I'm not. I'm not even going to go into the appropriation thing because I don't really even get that mad about it. Mm-hmm. But they did it again with hip hop and jazz music, and every time it happens or something new that is black, mainstream America generally shrieks and gets mad about it. And see, this is a this is a question that I I have for you. Okay. Because it has people. Multiple people have said things to me as far as like you're talking about hip hop as a white person. Like you shouldn't. And these are my uh, like white friends that I've, yeah. I've had. And they, they honestly thought that, you know, it puts me in a weird place. Like, am I not allowed to appreciate and talk about this music? Like, am I not allowed to compare this rapper to this rapper? Like, that, that makes me feel weird. And I, I honestly don't know how to feel about that. To say that is to... I think that's that's a, that's a weird spot to be in. Um, but I didn't, I didn't grow up poor. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in, in the trap house. But I still mm-hmm. listen to music that depicts that and yeah. expresses that. Uh, I... To, to say that, I think, is unfair, because that would be to say I can't comment on white authors it that write books or write, yeah. make movies. And it's weird. It is it is different because being black is such a different experience, because being yeah. white is just the norm. Mm-hmm. Being black is a specific. Um, I finished a book, I finished a novel over, um, the, over spring break. It was called Absalom, Absalom. It's by mm-hmm. William Faulkner. He's a mm-hmm. old southern author. Mm-hmm. It's it's about the South. It's about incredible novel. Um, people generally cite it as the reason he won the Nobel Prize, or one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it. I've been meaning to. I got all the way through it. 
it was expansive. There's a portion at the end, and this goes back to empathy, like assuming mm-hmm. we can understand someone else's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a point where he says, um, the, the one character is trying to explain another story from his hometown to his roommate, who's mm-hmm. from Canada at Harvard, and you know he doesn't understand because he's never been to Mississippi. He's mm-hmm. not from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And he said, unless you are born in this, you'll never be able to understand it completely. And I can try to express it to you, but you're mm-hmm. never going to fully get it. Mm-hmm. And that's hip-hop in its truest essence, is yeah. you're never going to understand it completely, uh-huh. but you can still appreciate the viewpoint. Exactly. I, to, to say that white people can't comment on it, I think that's un, I think that's unfair. Now, yeah. when white people dismiss it as stupid or just yeah. noise, that's also unfair, mm-hmm. because that that's completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think to a certain degree, you'll never be able to fully understand something if it doesn't mm-hmm. come from a group that you identify with like Absolutely. i finished the novel and i thought i'll never fully appreciate that i'm not from the south mm-hmm. I, i'll never get what that's like but i can still appreciate the perspective it's coming from absolutely and, and like, that's in the in the same way i saw moonlight yeah exactly that's in, that's very much in the same way that you read the novel and, and even as someone that never grew up poor i never lord knows i've been blessed i've never been mm-hmm. in want of anything really in my life um I can't relate to, to a lot of rap music in that regard because most a lot of it is about you know being poor and impoverished and mm-hmm. having to deal with that um, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Not life lifestyle implies a choice, but like life status or yeah. situation. Right. Um, I can't fully appreciate it. I can appreciate the music though. So I no, I don't think that's fair to to for to people to dismiss you. No, like in yeah. that regard. I mean, it, it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> I can I can remember it was just it was a playful debate. Mm. I was it, like just about it was about J Cole's newest album, latest album. Okay, and I just remember it was between me and another person, and then a third party just had had a comment like you're you're talking about it like a, a typical white person. And I was just thinking, and I dropped it right there because I felt I felt awkward. And I was yeah. just like, well, huh. And and it's so weird because rap is so mainstream now. Depending on the hip hop artist, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like most of my friends are white. They all mm-hmm. love to pimp a butterfly. I but I, I I think to me it might mean a little bit more. And that's not to say that the other people don't appreciate it. But like it, mm-hmm. some of the the phrases and things being said might affect you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's just it like I think cultural differences. Like I can think. Muslim calls to prayer are are beautiful. They sound nice. Like Islamic music is pretty, mm-hmm. but I don't appreciate what they're saying. I don't. Yeah. I don't relate to it. I'm right. not a Muslim. Right. Um, but you can still comment. You can still think something. I can, I can. You shouldn't be barred from thinking about art. Yeah. Like, no. No. I don't, that's why. Like all this stuff, like award shows, they can just. Oh, well, just drive me nuts. And that and that's the thing. And that's and that's part of. Um, new thoughts on on race, mm-hmm. where they're like these award shows are racist, and I'm like, okay, but why do you need validation from people you say are racist? I mean, it, it is it is a white creation, basically. I understand. I, I do understand that. Like, I want to be accepted in the mainstream. Like, okay, but you also cite all these problems with mm-hmm. the mainstream. Yeah. So you gotta, to an extent, you almost gotta pick a side. Not pick a side because that encourages segregation. But at the same time, mm. it is it is disappoint. I. Like I said, I was extremely disappointed and angry 
when the Grammys were like, Taylor Swift's album was better than Kendrick Lamar's. Because I knew it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, I thought, I know for a fact that it's not. So, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah, I, exactly. if you asked me straight up, like, which album is better? I'm like, okay, I'm of moderate intelligence. I do not doubt for a second mm -hmm. that Kendrick Lamar's album is better. Mm -hmm. It To me, it's just, it's just frustrating um, when you get into these topics of topics of discussion because it's like both sides do have some valid points but mm -hmm. at the same time like you can't just bar people from thinking and talking about stuff yeah yeah oh man i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's it's a complicated and frustrating conversation to have it is just just because there isn't a solution right so i i don't know oh what what else is new, Eli? What else have you been? Man, I've been uh, just sort of. I went and bought some records over the weekend. What, what did you get? I got um, "Kind of Blue" by Miles Davis. Huh. I got uh, "24 Karat Magic" by Bruno Mars. Ooh. I got. You are a Bruno fan, aren't you? I like the. I've. Truth be told, I used to really be annoyed with him. Uh, my <laughs> fiance has is is his biggest fan, so I, okay. I'm just generally constantly bombarded with how much she says she loves him which kind of annoys me if I'm going to be honest the dude is the ultimate performer that's true I don't like his music but the dude can perform I, well I used to hate it when he did Grenade and all those other songs uh, Unorthodox mm -hmm. Jukebox the one with like Locked Out of Heaven and uh, mm -hmm. Gorilla and all those came out mm -hmm. I like some of those I was mm -hmm. like alright this is alright and then this new one came out and mm -hmm. this is I think his best album it's more funk and soul so that's like what I like does he have some gems in there other than the ones that are in the mainstream and on the radio you know there's a couple songs on there that are like really smooth you wouldn't even think that like one of the mm -hmm. world's biggest pop stars would be making them yeah um, huh, that's interesting I would does recommend he, does he have any features on like well known features no, he generally he, he, he generally keeps it in house he writes mm -hmm. produces all the music um, oh. him and his band I got a, uh, other than that, I got A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. Hmm. Trying to expand the jazz jazz collection yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I got uh, Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G. Hmm. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, especially because it was. Um, 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. The 20th anniversary of his, of his, of his passing. There I, was a, I retweeted a, a video, I don't know if you saw it. It was, mm. um, I think it was from Complex, Complex Music. It was uh, Biggie and Tupac free, freestyling backstage of some yeah. award show or something. Yeah. So was that? I wonder if that was pre before their beef. They it must have had to have been. They I, were, don't, I don't know their history. So they were relatively good friends mm -hmm. um, before um, Tupac got shot the first time. Huh. And then, uh, and it was connected back to Biggie. Somehow he was implicated in it, and then Biggie Smalls had a song called "Who Shot You." And I think that was... I think I'm getting this timeline right. I, I, I get the events mixed up. Uh -huh. And generally they went back and forth. Um, Suge Knight said some things at the... I want to say the Vibe or the Source Awards. I can't remember which one. Uh, he made some comments about P. Diddy at mm -hmm. the award show. Um, which he wasn't totally wrong. But Suge Knight's a terrible person. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he, is the, he was the owner of Death Row Records. Mm. Um, so he managed and owned the label that had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Oh, Dogg. wow. Yeah, no, he had he had everyone. Okay. West Coast was him. East Coast was, was Puffy or P. Diddy. Um, <laughs> or 
the other five names that he yeah had. he he's he's been around <laughs> um, <laughs> so he made comments about that then then the whole beef started Biggie did a lot of subliminal disses mm-hmm. towards a, a lot of different people it wasn't just Tupac mm-hmm. but um he said stuff about Tupac Tupac was implicated in having uh, slept with Biggie's wife at one point okay. and then tu- well yeah that's a definite stressor yeah and and uh, Tupac did hit him up which is his like the big diss song between the two of them mm. um fish absolutely over the top um one of the, one of the most over the top rap disses you can ever hear um and then went back and forth tupac gets shot mm. Binky gets shot to end of end of story obviously if they're both dead i don't know if you saw the, the quick little bit from Shaq, but Shaq said he overslept or else he would have been in that, in that he would have yeah yeah uh, weird to think wow. about. They actually were pretty good friends. Shaq actually uh, got Biggie Smalls on one of his records. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a good song, too. Does Shaq have just one album? He has like three or four. I thought he... <laughs> I haven't listened to any... Shaq has quite the discography. He does. But uh, the song with Biggie is actually really, really good. Mm. Um, but yeah. So have you ever listened to much Biggie Smalls? No. Um, uh, like... I'm really starting to get into old school hip hop, okay. just because I don't like the way of where music is going. Uh huh. It, it just I'm not knocking anybody. It's just not my taste. Right. So uh, that's why, like, um, minus the few gems that you do like that come out, of, but that's not a constant yeah. stream of good. Like music. who? Like what? I mean, like you like you, like you like Kendrick, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about like the uh, what do you want to call it? Like the trap rap that's coming. Oh, out Oh, okay. Now. Right, like, right, a few, right. I like hit or futures hit or miss. Okay, I yeah. will admit, but some of the the other stuff like uh, Yachty, yeah, Young stuff Thug. like that. I just don't. I just can't get into the sound. Right. Want, no, I get you. I'm, but, um, I'm with you. So I'm that's why you. I'm going. I'm going backwards instead of mm. instead of forward. So I'm, I've recently gone to Trap Called Quest. Okay. Like I'm. So like my hip hop history is very. It's awful. Okay. I don't know much. <laughs> so I, I'll probably get get to Biggie at one point. And, and Tupac as well. I'm gonna have to compile a, like a, an essential '90s playlist you, for you. You need to make it make it a hundred songs or something. I will. I'll. I'll you know what? I'll. I'll start. Because I told that. you about Talib Kweli. Yeah. I've got. I, I'm a big fan of him just because he's kind of poked his head into onto a few features. Yeah. Um. I know he's he's on a track with J Cole. Uh. He was he was on a uh one of um on uh, Malibu with Anderson Pack who mm-hmm. featured. Um. So just like so, that's how I, I get introduced to these people. Like these old legends popping their heads in mm. the studio with some of these younger guys, and then I go back and look at their, their prime <laughs> stuff. I'll have to compile a list of like '90s through like mid 2000s There's a couple mid two thousands people that I think there's some mm. like real bona fide classics in there that people don't mm. talk about a lot. Um, like who? Throw some names at me. Truth be told, Ti is the main one See, that comes into my I head. And I used to be into Ti. And I think people. Um, just like over I mean like you know his hits obviously like what mm. you know about that and all that uh, Top Back all those are great I love those songs but um, his second album Trap Music mm-hmm. Front to Back that's a solid album um, mm. like if you like Southern Hip Hop which um, I'm, I'm it's probably my favorite subgenre mm. of the of the of the rap music mm-hmm. um, absolute classic Old Old Lil Wayne was um was really really good. Now see, I tried to get into Lil Wayne and I couldn't. I think we, I think I talked to you about this before. We did. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I can't tell you why. I tried for the longest time because all my friends in like what was that? That was probably mm-hmm. late elementary, early middle school years. They were all into Lil Wayne and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. 
I tried. I really did. I can appreciate how good he is yeah. on the mic, but I don't know if it was the sound. See, I think that might be the issue. Cause, you think um, it is? His older stuff before that had a very different sound. than like I don't, Car- I've never heard his, heard his uh, older stuff. Like the Carter 2 was like really, really, really... That's another like overlook. And people forget about... A lot of people say it's his best. I, I'm probably inclined to believe that. But Carter 3 is obviously where he blew up. He had a million, got money, and all... Yeah umpteen million songs that were on the radio forever mm-hmm. lollipop um uh jeez <laughs> yeah. forgot about that, that one that's when he was starting to get into the rock and roll stuff right yeah unfortunately <laughs> um yeah he was skating and yeah. yeah i don't i don't like to think about that too much mm-hmm. but um like old old wayne is just really really um solid soulful real soulful mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. um those are like the mid to the game his first yeah. album is solid I never got too into 50 Cent, but he's got a couple songs that I, like, really, really do like. And those are the two of the names that I, I listened to. While everyone else was listening to Lil Wayne, I was, I was in... 50 um, Cent. 50 Cent, The Game, Young Jeezy was another okay. I remember listening to. Uh, Jay-Z was a little hit or miss sometimes. That's tr- early, early 2000s Jay-Z is uh, just the best, though. Um, you ask me, Jay-Z is the greatest that ever did it, but... That's me. Um, oh man! I have reasons to say that, though. But, okay. Um, See, now this was before I started. Like I was really right. in depth, so I don't have I don't have a thought here. Yeah. You know, because I missed Jay Z's entire prime. You see, I, that's the thing is I I did too. I didn't like Jay Z at first because I only knew him from Empire State of Mind, and when uh, I went back through, I mean, from two thousand to two thousand like five, you can't miss him. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened through all of that mm-hmm. and found uh, the two albums. Well, actually, I listened to his first album first. Um, was the first time I like started to actually enjoy him. And his first album is so. What, that's not the blueprint, is it? No. What was it? It's called, called Reasonable Doubt. It's uh. so drastically different from the rest of his discography. Um, it, it, Do people consider that his his best? Because I think I remember I remember hearing about it. He but... himself considers it his best. Huh. Um, but a lot of people do say it's his best. I think it's his best. I think the Black Album's better than the Blueprint, personally. But the Blueprint. And how did that come sequ- sequentially? Um, so it's Reasonable Doubt, Life and Times of Sean Carter, Volume 1, which is incredibly underrated. That's a great mm. album. Uh, Life and Times, Volume 2, Hard Knocks Life. Mm. That's the one with Hard Knock Life on it. I think mm. it was Volume 3, Rock La Familia, The Dynasty. The Blueprint came out in 2001. Oh, wow. And then the Black Album came out in 2003. He was supposed to retire after that. Oh, the Blueprint 2 was somewhere in there, but... Um, but he has extensive work. I didn't realize yeah, no, had, incredibly. his list was that long. Thir- 13 albums long, I think. I think Or 14 <laughs> albums, 13 of them hit number one. So I think that's a record yeah, within that's... itself. Um, he's, uh, he's definitely um, established, to say the least. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Black Album is just great. Love it. Um... So I'll have to I'll have to compile a list for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biggie's I, I've listened to Biggie all all weekend probably actually because of that because generally whenever they remind me somebody died I'll just listen to their discography over yeah. and over again. Yeah, um, and it's weird with Biggie because there's only two albums, but they're both really 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 good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I need to get, I need to go back and, and do my homework. Well, I shared that one with you. Yeah, the, uh, the suicidal thoughts. Yeah. No, that one was very. It was a lot. Oh man, because you you compared it to like the the you before the Kendrick's yeah, you, right? Which 
Man, I love that track so much. It's a great song. But um, no, Biggie's is, is is very raw, and I'd love to know the backstory of that if you can, if you even know it. So, I don't know the backstory why that song came into being, but I will say the whole album. Um, it's called Ready to Die, mm-hmm. and it's got the baby on the cover. That obviously. wasn't his last one, was it? It was not. The, his last one was Life After Death, which came uh, out a month after he got killed. So, so he's was, playing a little, a little thematics there then, too, Yeah, no, the he way was. he ordered his stuff. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, the so- the album starts, the intro, like it's a baby being born, and I think the end is like him dying, because it's, it's pretty much just an overview of his life. Mm. Um, and it's super super i mean it's 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 a concept album in that regard it's not quite as in-depth as as like good kid mad city but like at the Mm. same time uh man there's some really 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 good songs on there i'll have to dive into that for sure i will have to i'll have to cut and uh i'll have to cut that up but i got the vinyl now so i can just listen Mm. to it front to back so that's great (laughs) there you go i wanted the other album but it's a double disc so there's like four records and it's like 70 dollars, and i'm like i can't do it (laughs) man I, i don't know i I will admit, I've been getting bored with music lately. It, I'm in a, I'm in a very dead spot right now. It, I, I find myself awaiting Kendrick. That's true. That's supposed to be out this year, isn't this it? This year, I don't know. I, I just saw there was that complex article he's um, about talking about what themes he's he's yeah, looking at. I'm super excited for that. I'm very I'm very much excited for him to dive into these themes. Yeah, I don't know. I I've been listening to a lot of uh, young kids coming up. Uh, like Dreamville's new signee, mm-hmm. uh, that Isaiah Rashad, who's um, yeah. TDE's new signee. But yeah, other than that, man, and I found myself—I don't know. What are your thoughts on Cole? Have you th- have you thought about that album any, or just him in general? For your eyes only. Yeah. <sighs> yes. No. I. I'm gonna say this. It's his best. It's his best work. You think so? I think so. Um, I, I, I think it's his writing at its most mature. Uh-huh. I think... Oh, well, that, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'd agree. I think some of the issues that generally plague him, in in terms of my opinion of him, are still present. Although, as far as what? Corny lines. Just saying, <laughs> saying really corny stuff. He's notorious for he, that. He is. He's notorious sure. for that. But it's definitely... They're, they're still present, but he's reduced them yeah. the most. Um, like... But, like, even when they're corny now, at mm-hmm. least they're, like... Sometimes he used to say corny stuff, and I would just cringe. At least now, usually, yeah. he says corny stuff, and I, like, chuckle, because I'm like, all right, it's funny. Like, yeah. the uh, the almond milk thing and folding clothes. Yeah. Like, that whole song within itself was kind of corny. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't even... But, but I appreciate... It's the little things. I get that. I get mm-hmm. that's what he was going for, so I appreciated it. And the almond milk thing, I was just like... Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> the, my thing with J. Cole was... Man, I used to be. I'm. A, I think I'm a bigger fan of the people on the come up, aside from Kendrick, because Kendrick is the goat, and I will share anyone's opinion of that. Yeah. But in terms of people on their come up and coming from a no name, like I used to support the hell out of J Cole. Mm. Um, and like part of me supporting him was I was just saying like this dude's gonna be big. Like you just wait, you just wait. Yeah. 2014 Forest Hills, like that was the. That was the moment. That was it. And then, and not to say that this other album is bad, but I just don't, in terms of, like, his, his ascendance into fame, I just don't, like, I don't know where else he can go. And that's one of the things I fear for Kendrick, too, but I, but Kendrick is, I, I, Kendrick is on another level. That's a, his, his mind is just works exactly. on a different so plane. I, while I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried about J. Cole more than I am about Kendrick. Because mm. J. Cole was so much about, oh, wait until I get here, wait until I get here. Yeah, and well, it's Forest like. And Forest Hills was, 
that was his entire story. I did it, yeah. It was yeah, just, that, it was and that whole, was the album. Was the like, album was, yeah. And it, it followed him throughout his entire life, starting from January 28th all the way up until, yeah. you know, telling people to just love your own life. Love and your life. You do. And it was good. That's a good album, too. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't speak so illy of, it's, of Forest Hills Guide. I think but. it's more spiritually important than... I just like... Uh, that last track on uh, "For Your Eyes oh, Only" God. is is inc- I'll I'll say that's probably one of his best songs. Yeah. Um, also, Absolutely. "Neighbors" is incredibly. I love "Neighbors." Incredibly Especially, done. I don't know the fact. The fact that it's a, it's an, like that bass goes so hard. It's a, it's an absolute banger. Yeah. But like, there's you're gonna miss the the. And, and the that, that I think that's what frustrates me the most. Is it? it we definitely, talked about this before. <laughs> it's the it's the best song sonically on the whole album by yeah. far. Yeah. Um. But yeah, at the same time, the message his writing there is probably his his most poignant. Yeah, um, even the hook on that, uh, the just don't follow me. Don't yeah, fo-, like yeah. I I love that. Um, that's still absolutely that might be my favorite song from him ever. Um, although that last track is so so good. Um, oh man, ever that's a lot. No, I I'll say, but I mean, there no, it's a great it's a great song. And he has a lot of songs that I really really even back from the mixtapes all the way through. He has a lot of songs I saying, really there really are some like. Gems on those mixtapes. Uh Chaining Day even from Born Sinner. Loved mm-hmm. that song. Mm-hmm. Um I mean a lot of a lot of songs. I I yeah. thought Born Sinner might the thing with Born Center is the highs on it are better than the ones on 2014 Forest Hills Drive to me. But there's so many more duds on Born Center. To yeah, me at the that's same how time. I felt. 2014. There's a lot of although I love January 28th. I do love that. I one. found it of uh, I found it I find it a track of pure reflection that yeah. I can reflect um, for myself. But um, no, I agree. 2014 is very much a level playing. It's very much a plateau where yeah. <laughs> Born Center is peaks. Up it's down, just, up and down. Yeah, I, I skip a lot. Uh, on that one, I will admit. Well, Forest Hills Drive has the best intro out of all his albums by far. Oh man, that's I love hard. that. Intro. That's hard because I love his intros. I know he, I lo- he like, does. He does intros very, very well. Um, yeah. Man, but no, but uh, now that now that you say that, it's coming back. That might be one of my favorite intros out of, in music in general. Really, really. Uh, yeah, no, I just the mm. the the jazzy music. His singing voice is not bad there. He doesn't strain himself too much. Yeah, he doesn't try to. Huh? Yeah, I would say other other songs sometimes he strains mm-hmm. himself a little bit more than he needs to. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, Vil mentality. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pushing it a little much, and I was like, "All right, you're not a singer. It's all right." Yeah, that's the thing about Vil mentality. I don't like the beginning of it, but that end, like the, I don't know, like mm-hmm. I guess you could say the the, the drawn out outro with the yeah. the little girl that he has on. I don't forget who he said that. I think she's something important. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, um. Oh no! I, I think it was just a recording from a YouTube video or something. Mm. But um, that that gives me chills every time. I love that outro on um, on that track. But um, I forget what I was gonna say. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just worried about him as as far as content wise. But his produ- I, I think I think his productions are gonna prove to be more valuable than what he has to offer on the mic from here on out. Like his beats? Yeah, I See, love his production. I've never liked his beats that much. No. Honestly. Um, well, Maybe because they're different. I'm trying to think. Between, I'm trying to think of what beats he's made. I liked High Power that he did for Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. That's a good beat. Uh-huh. Uh, let me see. I don't know if he did this beat, but he might have. Um, I like Elite. Elite does great beats, and Omen yeah. does great beats. And Vinyls, he works with him a decent amount. Uh-huh. Or them, it uh-huh. might be more than one person. Yeah. But, um, 
they make good beats. I like when other people produce for him because it allows him to get into his own space and just write. Right. Um, oh, no. He helped produce... A, you ever heard the DJ Khaled song, They Ready? He does, does he feature on it? He It's him, Kendrick Lamar, and Big Crit. I think I have heard and it. Can Let I me f- read his lyrics. I think I've heard that once. Um, I don't like DJ Khaled, so I'm really not. Oh, man, it's it's a good one. Although, Can I yeah. Finch helped make the beat, and I love Can I Finch's beats generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did West Side right on time. I don't mm. know if you ever heard that one. Uh-uh. Uh, oh, so good. Um, but his between him and Crit, who are the two rappers that also produce, mm. I have always liked Crit's beats a lot more. Hmm. Who does Crit usually produce for, if anyone? Or does he just do his own stuff? Himself. Uh, let me see. Production. He's made beats for Wiz Khalifa. Um, wow. Production discography. There we go. Let's see. Hmm. Smoke Dizza, Wiz Khalifa, hmm. uh, Freddie Gibbs, Ludacris, Chameleonaire, Chris Brown. Oh, wow. So he's a, he's a record. Author. Yeah, Currency, Fat Trail, 8 Ball, Bun B. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's done quite a bit. ASAP Ferg, Rick Ross. <laughs> I, I will say this: When it comes to my music taste, mm-hmm. I'm much more attuned to the produ- to the sound of it. I, so yeah, whether it's absolutely. production or not. So if your if your production is if, if I just I don't even, I can't even describe how I rate my sounds. But if you have a good sound to your to your track, I don't mm. care what you're saying in the lyrics. Like, right. I'm like I'm gonna like it. Hmm. So that's why I could listen to. Um, I'm more attuned to instrumentals than anything. I listen to a lot of instrumentals. I actually probably prefer them in a, in a minute. Mm. Um, like Flying Lotus is one. I mean, he's a, he's more electronic over topic. Right. Flying Lotus. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't His... know. I'm trying to think. Him. That Toro Imoa. I like Toro Imoa. Have, have yeah. you have listened to him? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. He is whenever. That, I think that's that's probably what I listen to on my way home. <laughs> whenever I'm in, in whenever I'm in a funk music wise, mm-hmm. and I just can't find anything, I'll always just put him on, just because his 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 production is just so clean. It's different. It's like it's like alternative mixed with a little electronic. Hmm. I don't know. It's like that's like my sweet spot. It is. I like soulful music, uh. and I think that's the thing that differs me from a lot of people mm. in general. Is uh. Like, if it's got that old... Well, that explains your Chance. That explains Chance perfectly. Yeah, Chance the Rapper, Big Crit. Like, if it's got, like, a gritty sound to it, uh-huh. um, I I just generally like... That's why I love so- Southern rap. It just sort of... Yeah. It's either, like, real gritty or it's real in your face, and I always appreciated that. Mm. Um, I'm trying to find his uh, SoundCloud page so I can, like, maybe he has... And he used to have instrumentals up. Who are you talking about, Big Crit? Big Crit. Just to like sort of showcase what his uh, production style was like, but mm. it's not working right now. But it's you know real southern. So I mean, yeah. if you like southern rap music, which do you generally? I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on that spectrum. <sighs> do you listen to Outcast? Yeah. What which album from Outcast? I guess is what I should I don't ask. Know. I'm hit or miss. I don't. Know. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the thing. I don't. I don't, I don't like Outcast. Um, okay, but see, that's funny because I've only gotten into them because. <laughs> I've seen Bomani Jones getting so many Twitter oh fights with gosh. people over them. Yeah, Bomani. So I'm like, all right, maybe I need to check out Outcast. The the group Bomani Jones does love that. I also love is UGK. Mm. Um, I oh I love UGK. Huh. That's great, great, great music right there. Um, I have to 
check them out. I, I want to put. Don't worry, you'll get plenty on my my recommended listening list. That I'm going to send you. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it's so good. Um, Outcast, yeah. Like I, I'm with you. It's hit or miss with me. Uh, I'm trying to just name southern artists. Like, yeah. I, I think I, I don't know if I like Outcast as much as I like Andre 3000. Oh, see, no, I like Big Boy more than Andre. Really. <laughs> Andre's too weird sometimes for me. Some people could swear he's the be- one of the best lyricists of all time. And I don't see it. I don't. Wow. I, re- I, mean, I don't even have an argument, but I think that's that's crazy. I really... I've never heard a verse from him that makes me stop and go, whoa. Like, I've never actually... But how heard- do you write your verses? That's the thing. I think we differ on this. You write... You, you have the ability... You are a lyricist in your own way. With your... <laughs> I will tell you this. From your, like the way that you write that short story you shared mm. was phenomenal. Oh, the, thank you. The way you work words and whatnot, and mm. I think that that is how you generally see things. You're, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. This okay. is just my perception yeah. of you. Yeah. You're real concrete in terms of how words relate to each other. Like you're a writer. Yeah. Where in terms of I'm more like abstract theme thematic. Yeah. Perspective wise, so I think what like, we view verses differently. Yeah. Because. Andre 3000's feature on Kid Cudi's album, Speed Bullet to Heaven, or the other one? No, By Design, the oh, newest okay. one. Yeah. That By Design track is phenomenal, and I'm in love with it, mm. and specifically because of Andre 3000. Hmm. But he really isn't really saying much. It's just no. like, it's in terms of like how he's putting verses and bars together. Yeah. But it works for me. With. I, I, I generally so, rate verses very. Di- it depends on the artist. Mm uh, but to me, the the, the rappers that I consider mm-hmm. the best, I generally you gotta hate me with one. You gotta either construct the verses and like the rhyme schemes well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have extremely good lyrical content, mm. or you have to like sonically have an aesthetic or a certain like distinction about your voice mm-hmm. that makes it extremely you know easy to enjoy. So like the, the th- I'll, I'll just go three dead rappers that people generally really like. Mm-hmm. Um putting rhyme couplets and like or rhyme schemes and like flowing it all together at once. Mm-hmm. Notorious BIG mm-hmm. is the best that will ever do that. Mm-hmm. Uh fact, I mm-hmm. you don't at me. You can't <laughs> you can't debate me on this in terms of just like making syllables run together and mm-hmm. making the words flow one on top of the other so effortlessly mm-hmm. he is the best at doing that is mm-hmm. he ever saying much not really i mean not to say he doesn't have any songs that are personal or like introspective yeah. but for the most part his songs are like you know money cash women whatever but he's talented but he's incredibly gifted at just effortlessly laying words on top of one another um in terms of lyrical content, I'll just say Tupac. It's a pretty mm. easy answer. Uh-huh. Tupac is not... <laughs> he always made me laugh. He, He's never been great at rapping, per se. I As think that's a, why I could never get into his music. And, and, it doesn't sound like anything else I've ever his, heard. And I don't know if it's his voice or if it's his inflection. Uh-huh. His voice is not always nice to listen to. Mm. And he has such a looming presence on the beat. Sometimes it's clunky and awkward when mm. he starts to rap faster. But at the same time, he exhibited such a wisdom about himself, and a and a gen, genuine like intimacy with the subject matter he was talking uh-huh. about. Generally, he captured my attention, and mm. I and I love Tupac's music because of that. Mm. Um, not to say I don't like some of his party songs; some of his party songs are great. Mm. Um, and then for like personal aesthetic, 
uh, Pimp C of mm-hmm. UGK, who died in 2007. Mm-hmm. A lot of people forget about him when they talk about, like, good dead rappers. Um, he couldn't generally... His rhyme schemes were never complex. Mm-hmm. He generally wasn't talking about much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, his voice, the way he inflected it, and the character that he presented... Mm-hmm transports you to wherever he's at mm-hmm. um one of i think the best examples of this um well he was on the song big pimpin with jay-z in like 2000 um which is one of his best verses you ever actually you ever heard the song uh blow my high by kendrick lamar yes you know the yeah. smoking out pouring uh, mm-hmm. but that's pimp c's okay um so that's from that verse mm. um you see, it's just the voice, the way he inflects it, and then yeah. uh, another song called Three in the Morning by UGK. Um, it's ju- oh, it's they're so good. Um, the way he like presents himself and again inflects his voice, it just puts you in this. It characterizes the song in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like when you're reading a good book or you're watching a movie, you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. The way that he is able to somehow capture and describe the. Um, and he he made a lot of his own beats. Pimp C did as well. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of the production for UGK. Oh, okay. So he able he was able to. Couple, so he's multifaceted as well. He is. He has a lot of stuff going on. He was also able. So him being able to couple his own sound with the beats that he was making, also again captures my attention and makes him one of the better hip hop artists I've ever listened to, in my opinion. So that's generally how I I rate verses, and you obviously can be good at all of those. Like Nas, I think Nas is incredibly gifted mm-hmm. at all three, but. Um, as for that, I think I could agree with you there. Um, abstract generally doesn't capture my attention as much as those other three things mm. do. So how do you feel about Eminem? Because... I, I will say this. Um, in terms of just being talented, I, I think there are very few that can match his level of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not an Eminem fan, but I can without a doubt... Stan is one of the best songs I've ever heard. That's what I was going to say. Stan is the only... From, from the top of my head, the only song with like that I mean I used to love Eminem back in the day I couldn't tell you what he was saying but I used to love him because right. he's so like it's obvious that that guy's talented yeah and the way that I don't know I think Stan is his most meaningful oh Stan yeah, track that I, he has out I, I would just say it's his best but that would be to negate Lose Yourself and that song is also incredible mm-hmm. and, and I don't like Eminem but if he only made those two songs he would be fine in my mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. as a valid contributor to rap music but at the same time yeah I mean, he's obviously done more. I just don't like his music. Yeah. Um, but man, no, I I love Eminem. I think he's incredible, immensely talented. Eli, but... we have a question here. What's that? From one of my dear friends, Sam Cato. Thanks okay. for shouting us out, Sam. I don't know how yeah. long ago this was, but she asked if either of us have trouble listening to rap that doesn't talk about social issues. Mm, no. So you basically just kind of went through all that. You can yeah. listen to pretty much anything. Me personally, I'm all like I said, I'm all about meaning. So social issues is is one of them. I don't know. I I'm a big Obviously, I'm being a, a psych guy and wanting to do right. counseling. I'm a big yeah. believer in self-improvement and stuff. Any t- type of song that's about reflection, I'm mm-hmm. all about. And you kind of just... You know, um, sh- uh, first off, shout out for the question. We're, we're always ready to take questions. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I want to thank all of our supporters. We've had... A, I never yeah, would have thought that we would have got as much support as we have already. Thank really? You yeah, we guys. appreciate... Also, spread the word. Share, share the page. Absolutely. Um, share the videos. Mm-hmm. more likes we get, the more we can you know interact with you guys Mm -hmm. um in in terms of rap music that doesn't i used to be uh, a person that only listened to like quote conscious rap Mm because that was the first hip-hop i ever listened to um was like 
Well, I listen to, like, Ron DMC with my dad, but, I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's just, like, old music. I, like, it's just corny. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to, like, The Roots and um, Common and, like... I remember we, before we actually, like, met, I used to, like, chill out and meet with, with you guys. Mm-hmm. We we had a discussion about The Roots one time. Yeah. I think, because they used to be pretty popular on the Pandora station. And mm-hmm. so you've kind of hopped off of there. It's, it's you recommended a couple albums from them. Oh yeah, no, they're great. I still love the Roots. It's uh, just that like I used to think like all other rap is just stupid and worthless, and to me, that ignores a lot of what other people are saying. Like NWA, I wouldn't call conscious. <laughs> they're, they're clearly <laughs> yeah. impo- they're important yeah, artists. Yeah, There's right. like value to be found and things to be said in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the first rapper I started to list like Kanye West because he was right on the line between like mm. conscious rap his early stuff anyway. Yeah, no, I um, agree with you. Yeah, halfway on the line between conscious and like you know regular stuff, and he mm-hmm. talks about that in the music. Mm-hmm. And but you know, there's things to be found in Ti or trap rap. Yeah, like there's things to be said there, even if they don't articulate them maybe as eloquently as like yeah. a Kendrick Lamar does. But even ignorant party rap like uh, Big Crit's got a bunch of songs that have, are just like. There's a time and place that I find myself wanting anything. Like, yeah. I, like I said this, whenever I, I'm in the gym, one of the names that I make sure is on that playlist is Schoolboy Q. Mm-hmm. I will sw- live and die by Schoolboy right. Q. If I'm <laughs> if I'm going to war, he's in it. Yeah, he's in the playlist. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's yeah. I, everyone, I, I think it's important that you don't only listen to ignorant rap. If you will quote ignorant rap, um. If you listen to hip hop music, I think mm-hmm. listening to if you only listen to conscious, I think that's better than only listening to not conscious rap. Uh. Because I think when you only listen to not conscious rap, you can start to feed into the stereotype that all rap music is that way, um, which is damaging not only on like an artistic level but also on the racial undertones implicated there. Yeah. I, I will say this: I love Cameron. Um, uh. <laughs> his, his music's never conscious, but mm. have you ever heard the song "Oh Boy" by Cameron? That's one of that's one of my favorite rap songs. Period. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh. you know, I, I I don't struggle doing it. I I think finding a balance is important. Mm-hmm. I I can agree with that. Thank you, Sam, for the yeah. Question. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, what were we talking about before? Oh, just just music in general. Yeah. Man. <laughs> You got any new artists you've been digging lately? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I will. I, I will still swear that the last um, last year, the the top artist that I that I listened to and the best mm. album I listened to was the Sun's Tirade by Isaiah Rashad. Okay, I'm still I'm still swearing on that. I don't know. I think I feel like that like that dude. He's he's got something going for him. Have you listened to uh, Tut at all? Uh-uh. There, it's another. He's another rapper from Chattanooga as well. Uh-huh. Like I say, Rashad. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommates, not roommates, but our sweet mate lives across the hall. Mm-hmm. His friend, um, and our our friend too, but we mm-hmm. met him through him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing one song by Tut, and it was really, really, really smooth, jazzy. The album was called Preacher's Son. Came out in 2015, I guess. Huh. It was really good. I think Isaiah Rashad's Wait, on I see the here. album cover. Yeah. The name kind of sounds, huh? Mm, never heard of him. It's uh, it was good. Isaiah Rashad's on the album because I guess if you're from a town Ooh. like Chattanooga, you can only you can only <laughs> you help it stick together. Yeah. Um, I also think they were in a group together of some sort. Hmm, that's but, interesting. Um, yeah, no, real smooth. I, I think the thing I like about Isaiah Rashad, my favorite song by him is "Smile." I don't know if you've heard that one. Yeah. Um, really, really like that one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He sort of has got 
the Kendrick Lamar vibe, but it's a little grittier because it's yes. just the southern influence. I think makes it a little more gritty. I'd agree with that, and I think. I think. How do you feel about him on a, on a talent level as far as rapping? Because I don't think he stacks up to like, Kendrick. I, I, well, not even to Kendrick, just in general. I think that's the most interesting uh, thing about Southern rap music is, on average, generally, not, that's not what it's about. It's it's not necessarily as lyrical on average, and that mm. and, and I think that's also something that people got to be careful about. Mm-hmm. It's not as lyrical in that they don't use as many words. Mm. Um, statistically, they did a study. That's just true. Yeah, they use less words. Mm-hmm. Um, the the rhyme schemes may not be, but with with southern rap music, it's always seemed to have been about the soul of it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's more about just being true to your. It's it's a simpler it's a simpler aesthetic. That's always what I appreciated about it. Is I, it I think just, that's what that's what has me gravitating towards it as well. It's just I think that's one of the things that I appreciate. It's gritty. It's simple. It's soulful, and it's honest. It's if if it's nothing else, it's totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like like you said, he might. I don't think he's bad at rapping. Uh, no, but you know, I, I think people associate like you have to be good at rapping to be good at a good like, artist, at, at a good artist in that particular genre. Like, I don't think that's that's necessary. Kanye West isn't a good rapper. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think many people would argue me there. Um, like by by all means, I don't think Kanye West is a good rapper at all. Mm-hmm. But that being said, he's top five easy most influential artists mm. that ever were in the genre mm. but that's because he did it so different yeah um which interesting enough i saw an article from complex and then uh internet critic i like anthony fantano a lot of people are yeah. aware of him he the, so is he similar to big quint or he's more of an actual <laughs> critic i love big quint. i love big I will quint say too. this it, he it, makes me feel i just have to say this he makes me feel whenever i listen to an album yeah i go on to make to see if he did the review of it and to yeah. make sure that his reaction was like syncs up with mentally mine. what you were doing it usually does i will say this <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out big quint please go check out big quint oh, best music reviews on youtube listen th- whenever he did the breakdown of to pimp a butterfly and he had that reaction to you I was mm-hmm. I gen I was so happy because I thought I was I literally thought I was a maniac or a sociopath for liking you because I thought it was so it was such a different song I was just like this is the best song on the album and the way that he described it like saying that, that like that's art and it's yeah no pure that audio oh, form gosh. oh man I remember the first half of it or the first like third of the song I was like oh I don't like this at all and then like really. When, that break when the break happens and you start hear the knocking on the door and then the the, and then oh and he's he's doing the i was like it it all clicks then you're like oh my gosh um but anthony fantano uh more of a he does a lot of jokes he likes Mm. memes a lot so he does like the weird he does he gets into the weird internet stuff every once in a while is he based on youtube or does he write stuff as well he's based on youtube i think he's written for other stuff but i'm not positive okay Uh, he has almost a million subscribers now so i mean he's Uh, like he's big yeah um the needle drop is his channel if you guys want to check him out always Mm. check him out uh always appreciate i don't always agree with his viewpoint but i appreciate his Uh. viewpoint um (laughs) He ranked Kanye West's albums uh, nine to one. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I could do that per se. Mm. Um, I used to be really into Kanye West, and then his personal antics got in the way of his music for me. I can't really do it anymore. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to separate them. Even though I, I, I don't know. I, I really do the way that Pablo sounds. I, I've come to appreciate Pablo the way it sounds, See, not that... what's being said in it. See, that's me with Yeezus. I mm. hated Yeezus when it came out. That one's grown on me more than Pablo. Mm. And 
to, to me with Pablo is the peaks on it I think are are better than Jesus's peaks mm. um, between um, no more parties in LA is just great yeah um, new real that friends oh yeah Mad Lib did a great job um, real friends real friends is good there was a third one I don't like ultralight beam you don't all. no what I about don't. chance on it though like specifically chance like I can't think of that song without chance no you can't to me that's just like the weird month early intro to coloring book the thing with me is Mm. it's just like that there is good but it wasn't fully realized until coloring book happened if that makes any sense so you're trying to are you trying to say that it's more of a chance song than it is Kanye that's what it feels like to me it does feel that way he did perform that solo didn't he he performed that by himself wasn't he I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. The, the thing with me is just like, I just don't understand it. Um, I don't know what it is about the song. That's what I don't understand is that everyone says, this is so good. And like, by most expanses, I prob- or by most extensions, I probably should like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I just, it just doesn't click. I don't know what it is. Huh. But, um, man. Do you have a favorite Kanye album? I don't. Like I said, he's real. Like he's real hit or miss for me, track wise. Like I, I'd like to. Well, that's true. Pick and select. I think he has a quote of at least one really dumb song per album. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Although, you know, trying to think of it, I don't think on late registration he had one. No. I'm trying to think of like a song that I genuinely don't enjoy. There's some songs I don't like, but I don't think they're dumb. Like mm. uh, roses. Didn't like it. That's about visiting his mom at the hospital. I'm not gonna say it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Or uh, hey, mama, that's a good song. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. song. Um, super sad. If you ever watched him perform that at the Grammys the year after his mom died. Oh really? Super sad. Oh gosh, depressing. Well, I heard. I heard that was really rough for him. Yeah. No. He had. He had. He went through a lot of stuff and, after and, that, didn't he? Yeah. That's that kind of when he snapped. I mean, he was mm-hmm. always a little on edge, but that pushed him mm-hmm. over the edge, and that's when yeah. he started doing all sorts of stuff. And that, that's the thing, like, I can reject Kanye as an artist, I will admit, he's, like, nowhere near my favorite, but as a person, like, I genuinely, like, care for his well-being, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, want, I want to make sure he's alright, but I don't, I don't know. And I still don't appreciate the way he, that he seeks publicity and by having yeah. all these crazy statements out there. Like, I don't, I don't dig that, but, um... No, I generally don't. I, I, you know, I hope, he, I hope he keeps it together. I hope he does, too. If he could get back to the old music, which I don't think he ever will, but no. if he could, that'd be awesome. But, Mm-mm. you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about him as a person than I am. Yeah. Him as an artist. Yeah. But, uh, man, it, it was just an interesting thing to think about that he ha- he's had that many releases that are so vastly different at the same time mm-hmm. that you could, like, have to discuss and rank them to me. Mm-hmm. Which, is in- which got me thinking. Um... Do you find yourself ranking the albums of artists you like very often? No. It, now, is that because you don't like to compare the albums, or it's generally the artists that you? I find like that hard to. Com- I find that hard to compare, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, spit spit a few names at me. Like, I can't compare J Cole and Kendrick. Mm. Like, I, I don't. I don't know if it's that I don't like to. I think it's that I don't like to. I, I don't like comparing art. Could I you, really don't. I feel I, uncomfortable. I mean, could you rank J. Cole's albums? Hmm. No. So, yeah, because no. they're just all they're they're made in different spaces. So yeah, really they're, yeah, and I don't know. When it comes to J. Cole, I don't really have a favorite track. 
Hmm. Jake Cole is very different because I, I I see I see him like everything is the same. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I get what there you're isn't saying. one album that sticks out. There isn't one track that really sticks out for me. Whereas if it were if it, if it were Kendrick, I could name a th- like three or four that are my top four all time. It's I always thought that way about J Cole because it is true. His his all of his songs are generally yeah. They're not one doesn't really stick out above the other. I'm trying to think what my favorite J. Cole song might even... I, I do think it's probably Neighbors, but mm-hmm. I also love For Your Eyes Only. That's a yeah. great one. But I also like love... We talked about those, and then I think about... Welcome was my favorite song for a good three or four years running, but that doesn't even stick out above the next very next track, which is Can I Live, mm. which I don't know. Like I, that's what I mean just from the mixtapes. Like I love... Uh... Oh, did he do Can I Live? Yeah. <sighs> Wait, let me... He, gotta, I gotta look this up. That's from Jay Z, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's the. It's at the Jay Z beat. Uh-huh. Um, man, which that's. Mm, I like "Get Away." I, mm. lo- I love that song by mm. J Cole. Mm. But yeah, no, it is hard. But what are your standout Kendrick tracks? I guess is what I'll ask then. Um, definitely you. Definitely yeah. all right. Moral yeah. man. Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna have to pull up "Good Kid, Mad City." <laughs> um. Because I, I was thinking about this today, and I mm. couldn't pick it off the top of my head, and I was really embarrassed by that. I haven't, I haven't listened to Good Kid, Mad City, but I need to. It's been a while. <laughs> um, backseat freestyle, oh. I think it's just amazing. Uh, Money Trees, I've always oh, liked. That's incredible. But my all-time favorite on this album that I can easily say is. Um, oh man, where is it? <laughs> I don't know what. What are yours? Uh, sing about me. I'm dying of thirst. Has always been yeah, a personal you've, favorite. You said that. Um, I just think the the concept is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got Maya Angelou on a song, so that's forever, <laughs> forever noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mama off of To Pimp a Butterfly is mm. incredible. I think that's like the most underrated song on the album. Um, yeah. No, I, I see where you're coming from there. I do like All Right. I just feel like it... I, I didn't at first, but I feel mm-hmm. like after a while it's impossible to not appreciate it a little bit. Um, As geez. I'm looking through my through my library, I think I like more songs off of Section 80 than I do Good Kid, Mad City. Really? Yeah, ADHD. That's a great one. ADHD. Oh, and I had it wrong. Ronald Reagan era is one of my all-time favorites. I oh. thought it was on Good Kid, Mad City. I'm wrong. That's embarrassing. Uh, Poe Man's Dreams is probably my favorite yep, I off have, of... I have that too. Um... Uh, Blow My High is also really, really good. Collect Calls is I really like. It's a bonus track on uh, on uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. I like County Building Blues. That was one they got cut yeah. from the album. No, and you shared that with me, and that was one I was like, damn, how have I never heard this? Yeah, it, I don't know why they was handled it, that the way they did. They implemented that as a bonus. Yeah. Right? I think, yeah. but then but it, it was originally cut. Yeah, but the, yeah, and they didn't have it on like the the Apple Music. Then it was his own separate thing. It was a wow. really weird, hmm. weird way to go about it. But how do you feel about his untitled stuff? Untitled, I mastered. It's just weird because you have to like kind of connect it to, to Pimp a Butterfly, but also it's its own thing, and it's so good on its own that it's just weird to think about that the throwaways from this other album no, are like still pretty crazy. good. So I want I want to know how he cut it. Because in terms of, like, it, like you said, it doesn't... I don't see how those songs would fit. 
No, I mean, I just they I think don't seem to. I think at the end of the day, he's like these just don't thematically fit as well as they should. And but I'm wondering where he had them is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, what he was. Blue faces is my favorite oh, off of yeah. off of that group. Um, by I like far. Untitled Seven. I forget what the initial name of it was. But yeah, it was um. What was it? What was the chorus? Oh, that reminds me, of the Black or the Berry. Uh, that's 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 a great one. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm excited for him to see what he has. What I'm he has very curious. Um, I think him tackling the idea of God is going to be mm. phenomenal to say yeah. the least. How would you feel about him and Cole collaborating? Are you as ecstatic about it as you were? I mean, ever? Like, were, I don't know. Were you ever excited for it? I was pretty excited for it. Um, there are always a couple other artists I'd like to see do a collaboration album other than those two. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I always thought the, the uh, Drake and the Weekend album would be awesome. Because um, when I was never a Weekend fan. Oh, really? Mm-mm. When they work together, they do phenomenal work, though. I will say that. Mm. Um, I always wanted Big Crit and Drake to do an album. Mm. Um, <laughs> what are I, the odds of that? Very slim. <laughs> um, incredibly unlikely. But mm. like. The, the thing with and they know similar people and they've worked with similar artists in mm. the past um, they both know Bun B and they both work with him pretty mm. extensively and that's an incredible cosign to have I mean mm-hmm. um, it's just Drake when he expresses his southern influences because I mean he grew up a good portion of his life in Memphis that's where his dad's from so I mean like I know, I know he, he kind of knows the south I'm not going to say he's like a southern rapper but you mm. hear it a lot in a lot of his songs mm-hmm um, like the song Connect on Nothing was the same it was just like a mm. Houston it, but in his own way mm. but I think him and Big Crit could do some really cool songs together it'll never happen but I think mm. it would be neat um, are you excited for Drake's album? I am yeah when I when I sh- we went down again but that's alright oh. we're almost done but whenever we shared it um, or whenever I shared that track list with you I was kind of indifferent that was that was the whole reason why I shared it I was just like I don't know but I'm not. I don't. It's long. A Drake fan. It's very long, so I think he's gonna get into his normal territory of it's it's five songs too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it same, is really long. But most Sorry. of his most of his music uh, most of his albums are. Mm. It would seem that seems to be a theme with him. I don't know why. I think it's because he tries to do so many sounds. He never knows yeah. how to slim it down. Um, I'm very excited for it though. Mm-hmm. I. I can usually pick three or four that I like. He's yeah. another hit or miss for me. There's always... I, I know I'm going to like a few songs. See, I'm so shocked that Views has grown on me like it has. Because at mm. first... What do you like off of it? Let me just pull it up. Yeah. Uh, Western Road Flows is awesome. I agree. I um, like his, I like his song with Rihanna, to be honest. It, it catches me. See, I didn't like that one so much. Controla is great. Keep the Family Close. Nine. You With Me. Mm. Uh, Redemption's good. With You. Actually, no. Faithful I like. Not With You. Um, Grammys is like, eh. Child's Play is great. I love Child's Play. Hmm. Uh, Summer's Over Interlude. That's a great just interlude. I don't know why You're I like it so like much. picking like everything that, I talk, that I'm not digging. Oh, really? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Views, Views is a great song, too. The The title track is good. I, I, think, I think I remember liking that, too, but it, it's long, isn't it? Isn't it? It's long. His, his closing tracks generally are. I'll say this. I think Drake makes the best closing tracks in, in hmm. rap music in terms of, like, how he closes out an album. Well, how many artists really do have closing tracks? That's kind of rare. It's that's a rarity, isn't I, it? I think when you put a song last on an album, you got to like kind of acknowledge it's kind of like the grand finale. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like in terms of like wrapping things up well, um like uh The Ride off of Take Care, that's a great mm. closing track. Um 
if you're reading this is too late it's kind of not an album so we're not going to talk about that nothing was the same it didn't wait but didn't paul acknowledge that that was his favorite he did say that was his favorite i don't really like nothing, i only have jungle in my library off of that that's such a good song though nothing was the same had pound cake and paris morton music too mm. um that's a great closing track I forget what Thank Me Later's closing track was. Oh, Thank Me Now. I, I thank me, that's one of the ones I <laughs> that's, have. That's a great song. I think he, he knows how to... I, I think it's because he's so in tune with the mainstream, he knows how to wrap mm. things up so cleanly. Speaking on Take Care, I, I have Crew Love on. I forgot that that was The Weeknd. I think oh, it's yeah. the first time I've ever heard The Weeknd, and that... Man, that song is That was supposed crazy. to be his song originally. Yeah, and is then he, he gave it to Drake. Oh, okay. Well... It was, yeah, was going to be a Weeknd solo, solo song. Hmm. That's why Weekend actually got writing credit. He won a Grammy when Drake won the Grammy for Best Rap Album oh. because, like, he did a lot of the writing on the album. Okay. Um, huh. Which, uh, you know, truth be told, I really... Drake Drake is an interesting... He used to be, by, by and large, my favorite musical artist. Not quite so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, See, now, whenever they, he had that interview and he acknowledged that he wasn't a rapper... That's one of the things I always had against Drake was I thought that he thought he was a rapper and mm. all of his stuff was. But yeah. he 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 acknowledges that he's not, and I thought I never realized that about him, so mm-hmm. I can respect that. Yeah, because I thought he was. I always thought he was a poser. I think that's most people's issues with him, and they. But can't. he's not. But he openly admits that he's not. I didn't see that actually. When was that? Uh, it was it was a Twitter moment a while ago. Oh. And I think that's when he. Um, I don't know. I thought I shared it with you guys at once upon a time ago. Um, but yeah, he basically said that, oh, I think it was whenever that they asked him why he didn't submit, or he was nominated oh, for a Grammy, yeah, 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 yeah. and he was just like, I didn't, I'm not considered, I don't consider myself a rapper. Yeah, right, 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 with the hotline bling stuff, yes. yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, yeah, I, I've, I guess I've always seen him outside of that sort of frame of reference, so mm. like I've always, I mean, I think he he's... started there. I think he's a good rapper, honestly. I, I think too. I think people... Sell him short. People don't listen to his mixtapes. His mixtapes mm-hmm. have got some... He used to be like underground hip-hop mm-hmm. guy. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, he just knew how to make money, so he cashed out on it. Yeah. And I can't can't say I blame him. No, he's a, he's a talented artist. I, I frame him, um, at least musically speaking, a lot like I frame certain authors. And I, I think we could save that for another day because I... I genuinely think about different rappers kind of like writers in their own lane mm. and certain rappers sort of embody certain authors I feel mm. in a very succinct manner with their work. So j- just flesh that out like what do you, what do you So mean? like uh, in terms of what they stand for like what, what each like what one person is c- trying to say versus another? Thematically and aesthetically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I, so so the example I'll start with is Drake to me is a lot like F Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um immensely popular people really like what he does mm-hmm. um he talks about very similar themes all the time and that theme is money cannot buy you happiness mm-hmm. i'm rich i'm famous nothing is really improving in my life mm-hmm. and i think if you frame it that way mm-hmm. it takes on a new light because you know people generally don't disregard the great gatsby as like garbage literature yeah but, um yeah but when you sort of frame the music that way, you start to get less and less annoyed with it. When mm-hmm. you just sort of consider the angle he's trying to take and think, well, this isn't new. This isn't just him being whiny. This is like yeah. a, pre, a pre-existing a pre trope. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is it kind of exhausted at this point? That's, that's up for debate. But I think 
that's generally how I'm starting to view his music. And I think that's why I like it in the same way I like F. Scott Fitzgerald's books. Mm-hmm. They're not my favorite, but I can still say that they're good. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, fair. Like, I agree. Yeah, they sound nice. So yeah, I'll give them yeah. That. Huh. That's, that's interesting that you can draw those comparisons. I, I think just being an English major, you're forced to do it all the time with right. everything else, so you just start to do it. <laughs> you can write a whole paper on that. Oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the day never comes. Oh, man. All right, Eli, should we do closing statements? Closing statements. What do you got? What do I got? Final thoughts. Oh, man. Well, I, I want to do... I should have done this in the beginning. I want to give a shout-out to Larry Sanders for oh, yeah. getting signed by the Cavs. Um, rumor has it that he they're going to they're gonna send him to the D-League. They don't really know when he's going to show up, but they just want to make sure he can play before they even put him in a Cavs jersey. So, um, But I, I wish that man well. Um, I encourage all of you, if you haven't, to read his Players' Tribune article. For what that guy stands for, the, the I mean, the conscious ability to walk away from a multi-million dollar contract is um, it's something that you don't see every day. I mean, he knew he needed help um, suffering from depression and anxiety, and um, he had the, he had the courage to do it, get some help, took two years off. He produced a, a track on Party Next Door's album. I don't know if, if really, he yeah, he started making music. He has some oh. stuff up on SoundCloud, producing wise. Interesting. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I think having that a voice like that in the NBA, that's something that there isn't isn't much going on hmm. about uh, you know the mental health conversation amongst athletes. So I don't know. I wish him well, and I, I hope he he balls out, and we see him in an NBA on an NBA court soon enough. So. All right, that's what's up. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. That's good. Very good. All right. Um, I guess my final thoughts are uh, once again rest in peace to Christopher Wallace, aka the Notorious B.I.G. Uh, incredible career, incredible music. Uh, if you guys haven't been familiarized with his music, go listen to some of it. Uh, you'll see a lot of party rap, admittedly, but you also see a lot of songs that genuinely can uh, affect you in ways you you might not expect this artist to. So, I mean, always, um, always, uh, always follow your dreams. It was all a dream. We used to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Birthdays were the worst days. Now we sip champagne when we thirst stay. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> um, but thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Thoughts Inc. And my name is Eli Jones. And Josh Mater. We'll be back here, same time, same place, next week. Dare to know. Thanks for listening, guys.